Hey everyone, welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. I was looking at the date a second ago and I realized it's been almost a month since we've posted an episode, question mark? I'm not really sure how that happened, but thank you all so much for sticking around and for listening to the older stuff. We've got about 15 episodes that are already scheduled and going to be coming out for you so we're not going to have any more lapses anytime soon with twitchcon and launching the stream team and everything else that has happened uh, i did a lot of traveling just wasn't able to get episodes out but we have a contingency plan for the future so we are good and thank you for being patient with me love you <laughs> so this episode is I'm actually really excited about this, okay? Let me tell you why. Because the person that we are talking to is incredibly knowledgeable. It's not often that I find someone that is just, they just hands down get it, right? They just fully understand it. And this person also went from having nothing, like no online social presence at all. So from zero to partner in 10 months. I know for a lot of people that is extremely quickly. That is very, very quickly in my world as well. So enjoy meeting Hyperion. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. Today with me I have Hyperion. What's up Hyperion? Not much. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on. I very, very much appreciate it. So excited to have you on. Also, okay, today we're going to be talking about something super interesting for you all, which is Hyperion's journey to partnership. Hyperion literally went from zero to partner in 10 months, which is amazing. Like, congrats. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) That's fantastic. So what we're going to do is we're going to take you all through the journey of Hyperion's very beginning of how he found Twitch and then up until getting partnered and even a little bit of what happened after partner. So let's get started, Hyperion. How did you find Twitch? Um, I've known about Twitch for a couple years. I've been kind of like on and off the website, but I started playing a game called For Honor. Um, back in February, March of uh, 2017. And I was actually interested in learning more about the game. So I you know, started watching some people that were streaming the game, kind of you know, wanting to see if I can um, dissect what's going on to, to kind of help my gameplay. So I, was, I started watching streamers at the time, streamers like True Talent, uh, Sacriel, who I'm sure you've heard of, you know, kind of big streamers in the, in the fighting game space. Um, so I started watching them for a little while and then, you know, I kind of lurked more often than not. And then I made an account and started kind of chatting uh, as well. And, you know, started asking the, the community questions or the streamer questions just to kind of, you know, improve how I was playing the game. Um, from there, I created uh, my channel. I actually started officially streaming in uh, June of 2017. And things have kind of, you know, proceeded from there. Mm, interesting. Okay, so tell us about your channel just in its current state, what kinds of things are you playing? Sure, uh, I'm playing mostly a game called For Honor. Um, it's like a three, you know, a third-person fighting game. A lot of the people that are in your chat right now are, are familiar with the game, um, and that's what I've been playing pretty much for over a year straight. Um, I stream five days a week. I used to stream five days a week. Now it's four, you know, three, four hours a night usually, and that's the game I've I've kind of stuck with this whole time. Um, so. 
it's uh it's been kind of a transition period for the channel right now for sure because the game the viewership for the game itself on twitch isn't very high these days it's it's kind of you know declining a little bit and you know i want to keep growing uh, growing as a content creator so I've, i'm kind of trying to transition into some other other content areas right now i've been playing destiny 2 a little bit here and there i, I tried streaming wow for a while but that didn't really work out for me too well i didn't really like how I, it was you know allowing me to run my channel um so i i guess i could i guess i would say i'm a little bit of a variety streamer right now although i'm very i'm a huge proponent of streaming one game if you want to stream if you want to grow on twitch i think streaming one game and and doing one thing consistently is the best way to do that um but you know it's it's i've kind of i've been talking a lot i'm very very open about the 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 challenges of you know switching games and, and viewership loss and stuff like that on my channel and so I'm kind of trying to find my way. And so since partnership, it's kind of been a little bit of a roller coaster, um, you know, but I used to, I mean, you know, I, I, I pride myself on, on building relationships with people that are in the chat. I, I love doing that. And, you know, I love video games. Um, so when I first start, when I first got started on Twitch, I, I felt like this was a great marriage of those two things. You know, I could, wow, I could play video games and talk to a bunch of cool people and, you know, it's, it's all well and good and we can have a good time together. So, um, I guess that's a big draw of why I got into streaming in the first place. So um, I've been listening to your podcast a lot lately, and I definitely follow a streamer who I know I know you know quite well by the name of Say No to Rage. And you know I've been taking a lot of the advice you guys have been have been giving as far as transcending the game and you know making your channel more about the content and not necessarily the game you're playing. So I do a series on my YouTube channel called My Twitch Journey, which I have pretty much documented my entire Twitch career from starts up to this very moment. I've taken a look at my stats on a monthly basis. I actually show you my stats. We take a look at, you know, things that I feel like I've been doing really, really well that month or things that maybe I need to improve on, kind of the overall direction of the channel. Uh, so I have that going back way when I started in June of last year from from two viewers a stream. Um, at the height of my channel, I was averaging 130, view, uh, 132 viewers in June, um, and then I hit 128 in July. And then since then, because I've kind of gotten sick of the game I was playing, we've 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 switched from that, and now we're kind of dealing with some new challenges for the for the channel here. So I'm, I'm, I'm I guess it's been a little bit of a roller coaster for sure, but I'm, I'm definitely trying to to find my way. There is so much that we can break down in that. Like, <laughs> there's so many questions that I have Let's for you just based on literally that. Like, we can talk about the the purpose of transcending the game we can talk about why we should stick to one game uh, but let's kind of like continue on with your journey and we'll definitely hit those subjects as well let's start at sure. the very beginning because you say that you went from zero to partner in 10 months but what was zero for you like how much presence did you actually have online zero for me was absolute zero um i had zero social media following of any kind when I started in June of last year, I didn't have a Twitter account. I did not have a YouTube account. I didn't have a Twitch account, obviously. Um, so I have started from from absolute zero. Nobody knew who I was on the internet. Nobody knew who I was in, in For Honor, the, the game I chose to play. And um, today, I have a couple hundred subscribers on YouTube, a couple hundred followers on Twitter as well, and we are we're getting close to uh, five thousand followers on Twitch and and partnership uh, since June of seventeen. That's amazing. And I love that you're so open about sharing these numbers, too. I know some people are are 
you know, while yes, we want to acknowledge that people matter so much more and they matter so much more than like the plus one that they give to our vanity metric. Like it's so great to kind of get a sense of the journey that someone's been through whenever they're so open about sharing their numbers. That's amazing. Yeah. I've, I've prided myself out on being really, really transparent. I, mm-hmm. I've, I've always liked as from an outside perspective, seeing progress and, you know, like there's huge streamers on the platform, but we all, but we all wonder where they came from, you know, like Ninja and, and Summit 1G and, and Doc and all these huge streamers, but we didn't really see the beginnings of all those channels. And I feel like that's a really interesting thing to see, especially for somebody. I mean, I'm not talking about myself personally, because I got a, a very, very long way to go before I even consider myself relevant on, in the Twitch space as far as a big streamer is concerned. But I've always thought it would be cool to see, well, you know, Ninja's got 100,000 viewers now. What did Ninja have four years ago or what did Ninja have three years ago? And just kind of seeing that progress over time. And, and that's that's one of the reasons why I've done this series, because I think it would be really interesting. Yeah, you see all the numbers that all these big guys are having right now. But I think it's a little bit more relatable to the viewer seeing them from their humble beginnings, so to speak. And that's kind of that's kind of the point of, of the whole My Twitch Journey series is that, you know, I might be partnered on Twitch now and getting 100 viewers a stream. But, you know, it's it's I started where everybody else started, you know, at zero viewers, two viewers, nine viewers. And and then I worked my way up. So I I think that that's I think that that's valuable for somebody who's looking to start their own channel and and seeing that it is possible. Um, Obviously, it's possible because you see the uh, you've seen me done it and you have the evidence right in front of you. You can't you can't contradict that. So I think that's one of the reasons why people have been receptive to, to the my twitch journey series so far i've gotten quite a quite a quite a bit of great feedback on it i love that idea so much i can definitely tell you i'll be watching those videos because that's secretly what i want to see from literally every streamer like i want to see their journey and i want to see the things that they're doing that's working and what's not working like you can't argue with someone's results right like you might say, oh, being consistent isn't necessary, but then if someone's built their entire stream based on how consistent they've been, well, there's no arguing that. And different things work for different people as well. Sure. So yeah. so you had literally zero online presence, like literally Correct. nothing. What made you think, I should try Twitch? Um, I, I'm a- <laughs> it's funny here because like you had zero presence and you chose like the hardest platform to grow on, you know? Yeah. The hardest, <laughs> I, I'd like to touch on that point actually a little bit later when, when you say the hardest, the hardest platform to grow on, because I think Twitch is not that hard to grow on in certain ways. You just have to go about it in a, in a little bit different way. We all know Twitch is really, really saturated. Right. But you know, you can do a lot of stuff that, that can position yourself in a better position <laughs> redundancy uh <laughs> to grow in the directory uh, in the directory in which you choose um so as far as why i chose twitch um i don't know it was familiar with me i'd spent a little bit of time on it before um i can't really say w- why i chose twitch over something like mixer or facebook for instance i will say that since i've been streaming i do quite a bit of research and the game i decided to play on twitch is not popular at all on the other platforms. So I wouldn't have had any viewership to get. Um, But as far as answering the question from a general streaming perspective and and why I decided to start streaming, I I just always felt like it was something that I would be really, really good at. You know, I've been playing video games for 25 years of my life and 
You know, I, I love building relationships with people. I love interacting with people. I consider myself very extroverted. Um, and again, I felt Twitch was a great marriage between those two things. From kind of a personal standpoint, I suppose, um, I'm a little bit of a narcissist. <laughs> and my wife and my wife knows that uh, more than anybody. Um, so when I would watch streams on Twitch, I, I kind of dissect what the streamer is doing and, you know, and, and take a look at what they're doing well and what aren't they doing. Can I do that? Can I do that better than that person? And what I found when I started doing that was, you know, I can do this. I, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't be able to do this. And maybe I can do it even better than people around where I would be starting. And if that's the case, maybe I'll start growing. So that was... I guess that's the, the long and short of, you know, why I decided to, to start streaming just as a general statement. But as far as Twitch is concerned, there wasn't really a lot of thought that went into it. I just kind of chose Twitch and it was familiar and I created an account and that was it. And I was, you know, I was off and I was doing, you know, streams five days a week. Yeah. So there wasn't really any like mindset or any little voice inside of your head holding you back or preventing you from just pushing go live. Um, a little bit, definitely. Um, you know, I, I've, I never used to be, I, I, there was a time in my life where I would not have dreamt of ever doing this. I was not always like this where I was just very outgoing. I was very introverted in my early twenties and I'm, I'm 30 years old now. And I was very introverted in my twenties, my early twenties, and I was antisocial as well. And I was afraid of my own shadow. So um, I don't think I would have been able to do this five years ago. But as far as holding me back before I started streaming, I consider myself a perfectionist. And I always want to, my mind is always racing. I'm always trying to look at everything from every possible different angle and figure out the best way of approaching a situation. But when you do that in an industry like this, you have analysis paralysis. And because you want everything to be so perfect, you know, Pete, I, I think Pete actually, you know, says this phrase a lot on his gaming careers channel, who I'm a huge fan of, um, you know, don't let perfect get in the way of good. And that mindset was probably the biggest thing that was holding me back because I, I did a ton of research and I watched a ton of, you know, Twitch tip videos and all this stuff. But, you know, I just wanted to make sure that everything was going to be perfect when I went live. But there's a problem with that. It's rarely ever perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, something, I mean, I, I still stream sometimes with my mic accidentally muted. I've had the wrong scene up on occasion. Uh, you know, the game isn't being captured or whatever. I mean, it's just stuff is going to happen, right? So, you know, um, it, being a perfectionist and being okay and coming, at, uh, coming to terms with all that stuff is something I had to work a little bit, a little bit hard at. Um, and then, you know, of course, watching all the Twitch tip videos on, on the Gaming Careers website, especially Gaming Careers really, really helped me out a lot with getting my channel started. Again, say no to Rage. Um, he has a lot of great videos talking about Twitch as well. So I, I did a little bit of research, but at the end of the day, you just have, you just have to say, you know what, I'm just going to go live and I'm going to put on the best show that I possibly can. And, you know, if people watch, that's great. And if people don't watch, then I'll do it again tomorrow and hopefully people will watch. I mean, you kind of have to have that mentality. You can't you can't get in your own way with streaming. And I have learned that very, very quickly. Um, I, I think I, I truly believe that you are the worst enemy in this industry. Um, and if you just kind of roll with the punches, as they say, I think you're going to be a lot better off. So, yeah, 
um, there was a little bit of hesitancy, but not a ton, I suppose, uh, before I got started. Oh, that's such a good point. I really think like mindset is some of the biggest stuff to overcome. Like we, we have so many tutorials out there, especially on YouTube about uh, having a good mic setup and like having the, the tech stuff all figured out. But there's so much more that goes into streaming other than just having good gear and having a good setup yeah. and nice graphics, right? Like your mindset is so massive when it comes to determining your success. And I think that is is such a great call out. Okay, so we started from zero um, and you had to overcome a little bit of that analysis paralysis in order to actually get started. And then we hit start stream. What was the game choice like like what what advice can you give us about choosing what games to play um a lot of people on my channel are know know what i'm going to say before it and i think you do is don't play fortnite dear god in heaven for all that is holy and sacred in the world don't play fortnite just don't do it um but there's a bigger point to to be to be uh elaborated on um with that if you pick a game like Fortnite, um, you're dealing with tens of thousands of other channels, and it's it's going to be tough to get seen. So the reason why I picked For Honor is because it was a game I knew. It was a game I was just not I was knowledgeable about, and there wasn't a whole lot of people streaming it. So I, it was going to be pretty easy to be found uh, by new viewers on Twitch and work my way up the directory. So. Um, it was a game I could talk about as well. It was a game I could educate viewers on. I felt like I'm not terrible at the game, um, and and that's how I that's how I that's how I picked my game. It was just it, more, most importantly, I think the the saturation is is the big thing for sure. You don't want to play a saturated game. Um, you can grow, but it's going to be extremely, extremely, extremely tough. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so don't stream saturated games. This is yes. advice that we hear. A lot. And for good reason. I mean, it, it makes sense. I think we all need to think, how is someone getting into our stream? How are they finding us? Ultimately, that has to be a huge question from you is like, how is somebody finding this? Are they having to scroll through hundreds or thousands of other channels? Or maybe you're actually up towards the top and they are able to see you. Or maybe you've got like a podcast, YouTube channel, and those things are bumping and bringing new people into your space as well. You never really know, but it is something that you really want to consider okay so we got started we got the the game choice what about your schedule what was that like in the beginning what kind of schedule advice could you give us yeah this has been the toughest thing um for me for sure um because uh, i'm 30 years old i have a mortgage i have a wife i have a dog and i have a lot of family obligations and and i work a full-time job from from eight to five monday through friday every single day so it's um, this is a point that I've struggled with um, in, in the past year or so of streaming. Um, my advice as somebody who is in my type of position, because I think a lot of people with full time jobs wants to get into Twitch with the dream of eventually turning into their full time job. And, and I'm certainly included in that, although I don't expect it. That, that's certainly a, a, a long term stretch goal that I have. I would say when you're first starting out, you have to pick something. You have to pick a schedule that you're going to be able to handle. And I think I, I would not really ever recommend to anybody that's going to start streaming that they should stream 40 hours a week. 
I really don't think that's a good idea. Um, I, I think you, I think you actually mentioned this shortly before we started recording uh, recording the podcast here about building your building your stamina, and I think that's a really really great point because streaming's a lot of work. I mean, and there's and it's not just live. There's in the scenes work as well if if you're serious about growth on on, on your channel, for instance. So. You know, I, 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 my best advice about picking a schedule would be to pick something that you can handle and start out slow. You know, stream maybe a couple hours a night for, you know, three, four days a week or whatever. And then if you have the time, if time allows and it's going really well for you, maybe you can bump that up a little. But I rarely, I, I would never, ever recommend to somebody who's brand new, hey, stream eight, stream eight hours a day, seven days a week, you'll be fine. Because what's going to happen is you're going to find out by the third day, holy crap, I'm tired as hell. And I don't have any time to do anything else. And all I do is sleep when I'm not live. So work your way up, build your stamina um, and, and find a schedule that works for you. For me, you know, I knew that I couldn't stream from eight to five because those hours are out because I have my job and I get eight hours of sleep a night. So I go to bed. I try to get in bed by 11 o'clock. So, OK, well, if I am going to stream during the week, you know, pretty much my only open hours are from five to 11. And so I decided you know, I had lengthy discussions with my wife, which um, I know we'll, we'll touch upon this topic a little bit later. But, you know, that was that was what worked for me. I, I and I had to have the support of my wife to, to be able to stream three hours a night, five days a week. And then I would save the weekends for for her and, and for my dog and for my family and, and all and all my friends, too. So um, I've experimented recently with a six day stream schedule. I did it for two weeks and then I was just exhausted. And I said, you know what, I'm not really this isn't really my thing and then i and i actually cut it back to four days a week now so um i would say once you figure out your schedule you know stick with it give it enough time give it a few months and see if it works and then you can make a change um but definitely don't bite off more than you can chew from from the beginning and and both from a, a time perspective because i think time in this industry is our most valuable asset i think time is actually our most valuable asset in 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 every aspect of life um, but certainly from a financial aspect as well, you know, don't overinvest your time. Don't overinvest your finances. Ease your way into it. Figure out if it's for you. And then if it's if you're having some success, if you're doing well with it, then you can start, you know, like you said, building your stamina, working your way up. Absolutely. I think it's so true. And so many of us see Twitch and we fall in love with it immediately and overnight we're like oh my gosh i have to do this like this has to be my full-time job and so we over schedule ourselves and we start streaming six or seven days a week immediately and we also have that reinforced because we see that people at the top are streaming six or seven days a week or maybe they're streaming like two times two streams every day like five days a week it's just there's so much and I think at a certain point, you know, investing more time into your streams, absolutely, that makes sense to do. But in the very beginning, you're, you're, there's just no way, right? For most people, I think. Some absolutely. people can do it because they're robots, they're automatons, and they're, I just, I don't know what those people are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're just not real human beings. <laughs> but it's... I'm Optimus Prime, sorry. <laughs> I love it. It's such a good point, though. Okay, we yeah. got the schedule. Let's talk about actually getting people into your stream. How did you get that mm-hmm. like initial traction? How were you able to grow from zero viewers watching you from literally zero with social media? How the heck did you get people in? Well, I, I will say that, you know, this wasn't a fast process by any means. You know, I think it's I do think compared to most people, 
10 months and getting partnered from complete scratch is probably on the faster end of things. I've known, I know a lot of streamers that have been doing it for a year, but it was a very, very slow and steady process. Um, you know, as far, as far as things I did to grow, I really didn't do a whole lot. I had my YouTube channel with my my twitch journey video series that you know I, I posted videos on my youtube channel either with that series or talking about topics on twitch I, I made a video one of my more popular videos was talking about when affiliates got sub buttons and that got me like a few thousand views and actually some people came into my channel from that videos and and said hey i enjoyed your video or whatever so um i would say you know i did that and mostly it was just about consistency and, and sticking with my schedule and putting on the best possible show that I can for, for whoever was watching. Um, so that was, I guess, the big, the big thing was being in the directory all the time. Because what happened with the game that I chose is that it was pretty popular when I first started streaming. But then it started getting less and less and less popular. And then bigger streamers in the directory have moved on to other things. Cypher PK, for instance, who is a giant Fortnite streamer, used to stream For Honor. You know, and he went from like a few hundred viewers to like now 20,000 viewers. So when all those big streamers started leaving the directory, the directory started thinning, thinning out a little bit. And so now there's more, there's less channels to choose from, which means that you have a greater chance of choosing my channel when you go to want to watch somebody playing For Honor, for instance. So, but it was a slow process. Um, you know, I started with two viewers my first month. That's what I averaged for my very first month in June of last year. And then I averaged about eight or nine viewers for the four months following. So, you know, July, um, June, July, September, August, October, I averaged between two and nine viewers. Um, but then I, I just kept doing what I was doing. I was content. I believe that I was building great relationships with the people that were watching. I got a lot of great feedback. And I just kept doing what I'm doing. And then I went from nine viewers in October to 18 viewers in November. And then I went from 18 viewers in November to 34 in December. And then I went from 34 to 48, 48, 67 or whatever. 67, I averaged 84 in March. And then I averaged 132 uh, for June and then 128 for July. So it was a slow process to start, but I stuck with it. And I told myself that I just want to give this enough time. I want to give this like six months, maybe a year six months or a year to do what I'm doing to see if it works. Because I think a lot of streamers want that instant gratification where it's like if they're doing something for a month and it doesn't work, they're like, oh, I'm going to do something else because obviously this isn't working for me. Right? If I would have done that, if, if at the end of October, I would have said, you know what? I've been averaging nine viewers for four months now. Nothing's really happening here. I'm going to make a switch. If I would have done that, I would not be partnered today. I would not have the following and I would not have the community that I built. It would have been the most disastrous thing for my channel. So, you know, I gained traction by being consistent with what I was doing, believing in my content and doing one thing and doing that thing the best I possibly could. Um, and, and it was a slow process so that we, we shot up really, really quick at the first half of this year. But, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of on a little bit of a roller coaster now. So nothing really special to be honest I, I i didn't make like a viral video i didn't have like a viral tweets or anything like that i just kept plugging away and doing what i was doing and eventually it paid off yeah and i feel like there are some people who probably heard that story and they said 
to themselves, I've been doing that too. Like I've been consistent. I've been sticking with it. I've been streaming non-saturated games. So what do you feel like is the difference between you and that person that's listening right now? I think that, um, I I think that for, for people who are doing it consistently and not seeing growth, you got to figure out why you're not seeing growth. And that's one of the things I did with my My Twitch Journeys video series is that I want I knew that when I started streaming, I wanted to have as high of a viewership as possible. Right. That's the that's the currency on Twitch. That's what people want. But how do you get that? You know, how do you get more viewers in your chat? I decided that I wanted to get focus on chat messages and you can actually see your chat messages on the dashboard. Uh, in your internet Twitch stats. And I focused on wanting, I, I said to myself, I want to get as many people talking as possible in my chat. Because if I get, the more people I get talking, the longer they're going to stay. The more people that are talking, when somebody new comes into the stream and sees a conversation going on, they're, they're going to want to probably jump into that conversation. And then the next person is going to see that going on. And then they're going to want to jump. Then it's kind of like a snowball. Effect. So, you know, I would say to the person who's been streaming for like four or five months, maybe six, seven months, and, and you've been streaming one thing and you've been trying as hard as you possibly can. The first thing I ask is, what game are you playing? You know, are you playing Fortnite? Are you playing League of Legends? Well, if you are, that's your problem. And this happens to this happens so much where I've gotten questions uh, just like that. And they say, I stream Fortnite. Don't stream Fortnite. That's your first problem. Number two, I would watch my own VODs. You know, go back, watch your VODs. See if you're talking. See what you're doing. See if you're educating the viewer. You make really, really, you make a really, really great point on your YouTube videos, on your podcast, Ashney, about adding value to people's lives. That's the perfect way of looking at streaming, the absolute perfect way of looking at streaming. Because a viewer, when a viewer goes into a Twitch channel, you're making a transaction, right? You want something of value out of what you are watching to keep you watching or else you're going to find something else. So if somebody isn't providing that value to you, you're going to go and find somebody who will. That's the perfect way of looking at it. And the, and the way you can figure out if you're doing that or not, maybe you start watching your VODs and seeing what you're doing in your VODs. Are you sitting there like a bunch of stuff, not saying anything? You know, are you are do you have any uh, do you have any things that you can add to your stream? Like like maybe you have like a skit or something like that you can add to your stream, like Dr. Disrespect or something like that, that can really make people laugh. Or, you know, there's there's so many things that you can do. But, you know, it starts with number one, figuring out where you are. And number two, figuring out how you can get to where you want to go. Um and you have to you have to be able to look at yourself and look at your vods and look at your stats and see if people are talking to figure out what you've been doing what's not working so you can make adjustments yeah absolutely okay (laughs) (laughs) that's going crazy right now (laughs) the dab emote we just (laughs) we just got it today Okay, if you're listening to this in the in the podcast forum, you can see Hyperion just got up and, and dabbed for us. We just got a dab emote and and chat is going. I love that emote. They're hilarious. Y'all are. Great. I'm like trying to listen to you and, and trying to think of a Be very professional yeah, and stuff like that. Trying to come yeah, up with a very good you. next question and yeah. these. You know what's funny is that my chat my chat asks me all the time. Well not all the time, but they've asked me on occasion, hype, when when will you dab on stream? I just dabbed on stream. Oh not my wow. Stream, yeah, so never your own. Only someone I else's. Like <laughs> oh thank yes. you. Yes. 
definitely. It doesn't count for me. It counts for Ashley. <laughs> okay. Uh, growth. Okay. That's what, yes. Growth. <laughs> growth. Um, let's talk about, oh my gosh. Are they sub-gifting now? What is this? <laughs> oh, that's Hammer. Yep. I know Hammer. Okay. I know Hammer. Hammer, thank you. You are forever immortalized in the YouTube version of this and the podcast version of this. Y'all are, <laughs> y'all are bananas. Okay. Uh, what, what do you feel like, <laughs> what do you feel like was the biggest factor that really contributed to the growth of your channel and being able to hit partnership within that first year? Um, well, game choice is a huge thing. Um, we, we talked about that a little bit with not streaming a saturated game, you, you got to put yourself and the reason why I harp on this so much is because you want to put, you have to put yourself in a position where you're going to be able to grow. You know, you want to put yourself in the best possible position to do that. So that's why game choice is so amazingly important. So I would say game choice for sure. Number one, um, consistency as well. You know, I hit a little bit earlier on this as well. When I was talking about how I gained traction again, I averaged two viewers in June and then eight to nine viewers for four, for the four months following, you know, if I would have switched in November to something else, I'm not here sitting with you today. I'm, I'm, I'm still probably in low double digit or single digit viewers. So you have to, you have to give yourself that. That's the reason why consistency is so important. You have to give yourself enough time to see how things play out so you can figure out if it's actually working you give yourself two weeks or a month two months or whatever you know is that enough time i don't know probably not for me it definitely wasn't but you know results are going to vary so you know stick with what you're doing and given enough time i would say I, I say to people a lot when when people ask me how to grow on twitch pick a game that isn't saturated stream that game all the time that when you're live maybe you can deviate once in a while from that and do that for six to tw- uh, six to twelve months and see where you're at. And if you're not happy with where you're at, make a switch. But you have to give it enough time. Um, so game choice and consistency, I think, are the two really, really, really big things that new streamers um, struggle with a little bit. You know, because we want to we want to play Fortnite. We want to play Dota. We want to play League of Legends. These are games that we've been playing for a long time. But if you have an open mind and you just look at the directory, browse the directory... And, be, and go, I'll tell you something right now. I go into the directory all the time, even now, and I say, don't, don't even pay attention to like the first maybe four or five rows of the directory and pick any game down there. Literally any game within probably the few thousand to a couple hundred to, to a couple hundred viewer range. And with eight to 10 viewers, you'll be either in the first, second or third row of the directory. I guarantee it. And I've done this before. And if you get, if you can get eight to 10 viewers, in that game, whatever that game is, and you have a lot of games to choose from, and you're at the top of the directory, that's when the growth starts happening. When you work your way up to the top of the directory, that's where you're going to start seeing your growth snowball. Yeah. Do you feel like? Do you feel like people ultimately have to make a choice of streaming a game? Uh, and just kind of like getting over the fact that maybe they don't feel super hyped about that game anymore? Or do you think that they, they have a choice in, in their excitability for streaming a certain title? Because a lot of people have the problem of like they can't stream one game for a long time because they get so bored of it. So like, what is the solution for that person? 
Um, for me, I, I, I put it kind of on a spectrum. Um, I, I ask myself, what do I value more? Do I value growth on Twitch more? Or do I value playing a game that I'm not going to get bored of? Which one of those things do I value more? If it's growth, well, then I don't care what I'm going to play. Because if I'm playing a game that's not saturated, I can play that game for a year straight. And a lot of people would ask me, Hype, how in the hell have you played For Honor for a year straight for three hours a night, five days a week? Because it was in the be- because it was it was a it was a game I had fun with, yeah. But it was a game that I was growing and that I and, and growing in, and it was a game that I was that I was making some waves with my channel. In. So I would ask the person who's struggling with either you know game choice versus growth, because I think I think on two ends of the spectrum, you know, there's one end of the spectrum which is streaming one game. And there's one, then there's the other end of the spectrum, the streaming, whatever the hell you want. One end, the growth or the, the, the one, the single game end is going to be the faster way to grow. The variety end is going to be what you're going to have more fun with and figure out where you are on that spectrum. Maybe if you're somewhere in the middle, you dream two games throughout the week or whatever, whatever. And then you kind of figure out which one you value more and then make your decision based off of that. That's how I approach it. Um, again, for me, I'm open to streaming anything. I mean, I, yeah, I have to have fun playing when I'm what I'm playing. You know, I, I wouldn't stream Fortnite for a lot of reasons. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't play Fortnite because it's just not my type of game. I don't enjoy. I'm not a huge BR guy, right? So obviously, I'm not going to play that. So you should play something you have fun with. But you have to figure out where you are on that variety versus single game spectrum, and then make your decision based off of that. And that comes down to the personality you know it's it it, that's going to vary widely from person to person yeah i think ultimately the question is like how much does growth on twitch mean to you right like is that is that a huge goal for you or is it not because if it's not stream whatever you want like there's absolutely a place for those people here but if you do want to grow like you you got to admit the reality of of this being the entertainment industry so i love that if you just want to stream if you just want to stream a game that you have fun with, you can pick any game, stream that game, more power to you. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely, you can stream Fortnite, League of Legends, Dota, whatever you want. If you just want to stream, if you just want to play games while you're live and you don't care about growth, go for it. Nothing wrong with that at all. But if you want to grow, you have to be strategic about it. You said you threw this stat out on one of your podcasts recently. 3.4 million broadcasters on Twitch. You got 3.4 million people you're competing with for eyes with. That's a lot of people. So you got to be strategic about it. And the people that wants to grow, but just are not going to really put a lot of thought into how they approach growing on the channel or growing on Twitch. Those are the people that are going to get left behind. So you need to put yourself above the rest of those people. And, and that's where strategy and transcending the game and creating great content and adding value to people's lives. That's the most important one for sure. That's where all those things come into play. Yeah, and I actually feel like this is a perfect segue into that that topic of transcending the game, which you've mentioned a few times. What does that yep. What does that mean? So I see transcending the game. I'll I'll use another streamer, Doctor Disrespect, as as an example here. What are, whatever you whatever actually I can use you as an example too. Um, you know, streamers that are creating content that are adding values a value to people's lives that aren't even necessarily related to the game they're playing. That's what transcending the game means to me. In your example, you're educating streamers and educating people on Twitch on what it takes to be successful on the platform. 
you're devoting YouTube channel, uh, YouTube videos to that as well. I could come to your channel, Ashney, and if you're playing Stardew Valley one night, and I'm and I want to ask you a question about growing on Twitch, I can ask that whether you're playing Stardew Valley, whether you're playing Dota, whether you're playing Fortnite, whether you're playing PUBG, I can ask that question because that's the value that you are providing. That's what I mean about transcending the game. In the case of Dr. Disrespect, Dr. Disrespect is the most freaking funny. I mean, the guy's absolutely hilarious. He puts on a show. He's got all this flashy stuff going on. Production values are through the roof. He's got he's got a shtick that every that that that, that, that just people love watching. And it doesn't matter what he's doing, he can take that with him wherever he goes. If you're tied to one game, and, and you make your content all about that game, what eventually is going to happen is that if that game tanks in popular, uh, popularity, guess what's going to happen to your viewership, too? It's going to tank as well. And it will probably tank in either case, but if you're transcending the game and your community is used to you providing them value in their lives that isn't even related to the game, they're going to be way more likely to follow you go. So... That's how I view transcending the game. Um, and, and, and I think that's, you know, I think that that is what you have to do to be successful on Twitch these days. It is not enough to stream a game and just play that game. And that's what you're going to do. And you're going to get a thousand viewers overnight. That's not, it's not, maybe that was enough five years ago when it was still just in TV or six years ago. It's not enough now because you, because there's way more, there's way more people streaming now. It is way more competition. You have to set yourself apart from all that. And transcending the game is the best way to do that, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. So how does somebody go from making their stream um, all about games, which means that they're talking about the game that they're playing? That's really like the only or the the main portion of the conversation that happens, because I think at this point, most people know that we need to be talking about our lives and talking about people's days and and all of that. But how do do we transition from having gaming be such a focal point of our stream to it not being such a focus? Like what, what does that change look like? That's a tough that that's a tough question because I'm still figuring that out myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, In my case, you know, I wanted to always make it about me and not the game. So from the very beginning, you know, I've done things like my Twitch journey. I do a a weekly podcast called Stream Science, where, you know, I talk about the science of streaming and I dissect, you know, like analytics and metrics. And we talk about a topic every week where, you know, I feel like I can have that on Fridays and then maybe people will identify with the content that I'm doing on those days. Um, but it's tough to do. I would, my, my best piece of advice, I guess, to somebody who's looking to do that themselves is to figure out what, I mean, it's, it's, it's cliche, but what are you passionate about? You know, what do you love? Do you love animals? Well, maybe you can, maybe you can do a, 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 you know, a, a night where you, are sponsoring or you're, you're raising awareness to help dogs get adopted, help, help dogs get rescued or something like that. And then all the animal lovers are going to come in your stream and, and, and resonate with that. Right. That's, that's transcending the game. You know, you know, I could be playing for honor and then I could have uh, you know, like my, my wife, you know, suggested tips for tails, right? Like, you know, on Tuesdays, all the donations when I, when I play tonight are going to go to uh, the, the animal shelter of my choice this week or whatever. Um, I'm very, very passionate about animals and helping dogs get adopted and, 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 and rescuing animals because my dog Milo, who's a huge part of my stream, is it was a rescue. 
Um, so you have to find out what you're passionate about. I'm also passionate about teaching, and I'm also passionate about learning. Love teaching people. So because of that, I felt like it was natural for me to teach people how to grow their channels because now I actually have the credentials to back it up as well. Um, you know, maybe you like music or something like that, and you can, you know, do like a drum solo. But I mean, I don't know, like it, 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 whatever, whatever it is, you have to find out what makes you tick, what makes you passionate. Yeah, you can play the game, but the game is just a backdrop. The game might get somebody's foot in the door. You always hear this. I came for the game and stayed for the streamer. That's what you want to go for. And you can do that by talking to people and getting to know them and building relationships with them. And that's all well and good. That's going to separate you from, from the bottom of the pack. But once you start growing and growing and growing, well, uh-oh, more people are doing that. More people are talking. More people are interactive. Now I'm competing with those people. Well, how do I set myself apart from those people? And that's that's where transcending the game really comes into play there. But. I would say figure out what you're passionate about and figure out how to incorporate that into your stream. Are you a comedian? Since you love to sing, I mean, whatever it is. Um, but once you figure that out, all it is is just figuring out how you can put it into your stream and make it kind of like a seamless experience for the viewer where it's not like completely, you know, disjointed, so to speak. Um, that's what I'm trying to do with, with, you know, with my type of content I'm providing and, I think anybody can do it. It's, I mean, we all love something, right? We're all passionate about something. Figure out what it is and then put it in your stream. And that's a really easy way of transcending the game. I love it. Oh, that's so good. And it's so important to you. That's such a good call out that I don't think I've even talked about before anywhere. I don't think I've talked about it in, on YouTube or on the streams or in the podcast or anything is like, how whenever you improve your channel and you start seeing growth in viewership, you're competing with people that are all having the, that all have the same level of viewership at the same time, right? So like, say you do eventually get to 100 viewers consistently, well then now you're competing in a different zone and how do you stand Absolutely. out among all of those other people who have seen a massive growth in that way? Like that's yep. a different game, right? How mm -hmm. do you improve past that point? So. That's yeah. that's really interesting, and I think that's going to cause a lot of of good thought and some good uh, brain blasts happening for people that are listening right now. <laughs> it's pretty easy to see the caliber of streamer based on their view count, right? Like just naturally, if somebody has more viewers, it probably means they're a better streamer, right? So if people are at zero, they're doing something that's causing them to be at zero, whatever it is, right? So you know, just do something better than what they're doing. And then you'll probably start growing. But yeah, I mean, you're, 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 you know, once you get partnered and, and once you start working your way up, it is a different ballgame. I mean, there's a lot of people on my level, a lot of people in my own directory that, you know, once you get to that top two rows of the directory, these are excellent streamers. I am competing with eyes, uh, competing with for eyes, excellent streamers that are doing all the same things I'm doing, if not better. How do I se separate myself from them? So, you know, it's, it's, it's tough when you start growing, you know, it, I, I kind of feel like it's a little bit like, like you'll grow, you can grow really, really fast if you do a lot of things. But then once you get to a certain level, that growth kind of levels off a little bit because now you got to figure out what thing that you're going to do that's going to separate you from somebody else. Yeah. Plateaus are huge. And we could probably have an entire like separate podcast episode about how to deal with plateaus. We'll have to, we should, we should have you back on for another one for sure. And I also, would love to come back on. I'm writing this down. What's the timestamp chat? 
that's the time stamp <laughs> chat right now. Five hours, 15 minutes, uh, five hours, 15 minutes. You've been live. I'm yep. writing that down right now on my stream. We I cannot also, tell we'll you. We'll need to like DM about it too. Cause did you actually, I, you actually wrote it down. <laughs> I wrote it down right here. It's right here. You, you think I'm lying about it? Oh my God. That's awesome. I am. I was so excited about being on this podcast. I, I, I know you got another question here, but I just got to, I mean, yeah. one say no to rage and gaming careers. And I mean, this is, this is really, really great stuff that you're doing right now. Really, really great stuff that not many people are doing. And, and I'm so honored to be a part of it. So honored to be welcome in this community because this is a great community you have. So, yes, I am so over the moon that you just invited me back. Oh. And, I, and I already wrote it down. And, uh, <laughs> this is fine. Right. I'm not going to get Next emotional. Question. Okay. <laughs> is this where you dab? Yep. Okay. All right. It's There you go. There you go. okay let's let's get back like i mean i guess first off thank you so much i really appreciate that that was so freaking nice everyone is loving your dabs (laughs) because i won't dab for them yet (laughs) okay let's talk about uh let's actually jump back into your your partnership story here we've got a lot of good advice whenever it comes to actually seeing growth and how to make that happen but let's talk Mm -hmm. about like when you hit the numbers for partnership and you got the check mark do you feel like anything changed after you after you ended up getting that that Um, achievement um not a ton i mean you know i i still it's kind of tough to answer i mean i'm still the same person i was year you know i've learned a lot more uh for sure but you know i I don't i don't think like you know i got partnered i think what was it april 25th i want to say i got partnered it's not like when i when i turned on my stream on april 26th i was like a completely different person that didn't really happen for me um i'm still the same person that i was last year i've just learned a lot more you know and and i'm trying to implement the things i'm learning over time about you know building a community maybe you know i have a little bit of a brand now so i'm trying to manage my brand a little bit and you know i i can i have more networking opportunities open to me now since i've been hitting part because oh they see somebody with a check mark this guy must be a, a you know a big streamer newsflash i'm not <laughs> but by, um, so you know i i don't think i've changed a ton maybe a little bit um but you know, it's a great achievement for sure, and I'm very, very proud of it, uh, proud of it in the time that I did it. But you know, and, and plus the check mark, the check mark is really cool to show off. I mean, there is that, and I get to passively advertise in people's streams now that I'm a streamer. I mean, <laughs> come on, like this is amazing! Wow, thousands of views now. Uh, but but no, it's 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 not really it's not really something that for me was like I was happy about it. I was over the moon about it, but you know, it's just. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk a little a little bit about this later, so I don't want to get too much into this now. But you know, it's it's a stepping stone. You know, I just I just reached the next step, and now I got to figure out what my next move is going to be and and how I'm going to to continue this 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 journey on Twitch. And it's been a wonderful journey so far, and and I'm I'm having the time of my life. But no, I, I don't think much has changed. Um, you know, maybe a little, maybe maybe some some small things here and there, but it's it's not like I woke up feeling like a different person the day after my my check mark went live mm-hmm. the community matters so much more than the check mark like absolutely the yeah. check mark itself doesn't it's it's almost some people have this this reversed idea of what they think 
success on Twitch is. They think like, oh, I get the check mark and then people will come. Or, oh, I say I'm pushing for partner and then people will come. Or, oh, I, I stream with, you know, I co-stream with somebody that's bigger than me or I get a host and then people will come and they'll stay. And it's literally yeah. backwards thinking. It's like people come yeah, a little bit. for the opposite reason. They come because you're already doing something that's good and they stay because you're giving them value that they need, not because you you hit a check marker because you like are doing a push for partner. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, value is the word of the day. Value is the word of the day. It's a transaction. When mm -hmm. I go to somebody's stream, I'm I when I go to somebody's stream, I am giving them my time. And because I'm giving them my time, what am I going to get in return that's going to keep me there? What's the value they're adding for? It's a transaction that happens with every single viewer. Um, value is the word of the day, guy. I mean, if, if you want to learn how to stream and learn how to be successful, and this is with anything in life, by the way, this is not just related to streaming. This can be related to a business you're starting or maybe a band that you're, that you're starting or whatever. This is every single aspect of life. You know, your job, how are you adding value to your job? If you're running a business, how are you adding value to your customers? Why should they buy your product or service instead of somebody else's? Value is a key word. And, and it's, it's weird to me a little bit that not a lot of streamers are talking about this and you're one of the few. So, you know, you guys need to take notes on this because value, you need to figure out how adding value to people's lives. And that's what's going to make you grow. Could you share with us what makes a stream valuable in your opinion? Um, it depends on the person viewing. Um, you know, I, I think that I think that different people are looking for different things. You know, some people just want to lurk. Some people just want some background noise. Some people want direct interaction with the streamer. Some people want a sense of community. Some people want to laugh their asses off. Some people want to watch somebody who's an absolute pro at the game they're playing. I, I think it's different for everybody. Um, so there isn't like one, in my opinion, there's not like one catch-all thing that you can do. Like if I just do this, everybody's going to love this because some people might not love it. You know, Ninja, for instance, he's a hell of a Fortnite player, but he doesn't really talk to chat a whole lot. So if I'm looking for somebody who's talking, who's going to talk to me in chat or at least recognize me in chat or his community or whatever, I'm probably not going to get out. I'm, I'm probably not going to stream very well. So I, I think, you know, it's different from person to person. And I, I think one of the best things that you can do is figure out how many value points you can add to your stream and add as many as you possibly can. And that way, you're casting a really wide net and you're going to capture more people than doing just one thing really, really well. Now, that said, um, it's 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 a lot of work with the more, you know, the more things you do, the more that's going to go into it. Right. If I have this flashy thing here and I have this really awesome thing there and this shiny thing here and I got like a million different things that I try to do. Well, you know, I got to make sure I'm doing those things well enough or else if I'm not doing if I'm if I'm crappy at doing all of these things, I'm not adding value anyway. So, you know, try to figure out how many try to figure out as many value points you can add as possible. Um, but then stick to the ones that you're really, really, really awesome at. Um, and that way you'll catch as many people as you possibly can. That's that's kind of how I view it. I don't know if that makes sense to you, Ashley. Maybe you want to elaborate on that or add your into that a little bit. Um, but that's how I see it. Absolutely. I think that's a perfect way to view it. Usually whenever we talk about this in stream, 
I, I try to make this as concise as possible because I know this is a, a very uh, this is a very huge topic and it's difficult to to make it clear for people. Um, I think that there's really when it comes down to it four things that make a stream really valuable. And one of those things, of course, is relational values. So that's building relationships with people, that community-based uh, stream. There's also entertainment values. So these are people that are like really good at the game or they're really funny or toxicity. I mean, that's that has entertainment value as well, even though yeah, I, sure. I don't personally enjoy watching toxic streams, but some people do. Then there's also inspirational slash motivational value. They're basically the same thing where you're looking to inspire people to do something or motivate them to take take action. And there is um, educational value, which is, you know, obviously teaching people something. But I think that you're completely right. I think like some people are able to really hone in on one and do like a great job of serving that specific value. But I think the more values that you can put into your stream, if you can be like educational, inspirational, entertaining and have relationships with people, I think that becomes incredibly powerful because you've got a little bit of something for everybody that is looking for whatever it is that they're looking for from a stream but we have to acknowledge that everyone watches streams for different reasons and for for everyone that can change day by day some day, days i want to watch a stream that's super massive and not have any chat interaction with them some days i want to watch a stream that's really small and is more community based some days i want to watch a friends right and somebody with literally two viewers and just go and say hi to them and develop that that friendship a little bit more so i think ultimately what you said is right is just like cast a wide net and figure out what feels right for you and figure out the people that you want to serve like figuring out that audience right yeah, I think that I think that what you said right at the end there was, and that's figuring out what suits you. Mm -hmm. If you're not the funniest guy in the world, don't try to be the funniest guy in the world. Right. If you're not, if you can't really, if you're not like a huge like inspirational, motivational speaker or whatever, don't try to be that. That's not your thing. You know, if I if I try to sit here and do Doctor Disrespect's shtick, by the way, I'd fail at it miserably because that's not that's not I'm not good at that stuff. So yeah, you got to find what makes you. You got to figure. You got to find the things that suit you, and mm -hmm. and that's a really really important point to to hit on because I think, you know, we have we have a lot of admiration for these big streamers that have been on the platform for a very long time and. You know, we, we a lot of times new streamers and, th and this is something that I kind of fell into the trap a little bit myself before I started, you know, is, oh, this person is doing this really, really well. So if I just do what he does, I'm going to get a bunch of viewers, too. Not quite. I mean, it can happen if, if that's like what you're really good at as well. And that's something that um, that suits you. But if I sat here and, you know, tried to make jokes all day long and, you know, I make an off the cuff joke once in a while, I suppose. But, you know, I'm, I'm not. I guess what I'm trying to say is, like you said, stick to what suits you, do what suits you really, really well, and that's how you're going to add value. Yeah, because if you do what's what's not real and authentic to you, people are going to pick up on that, and they're going to feel like something's off, and they're not going to watch because it's cringy. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. People love saying, cringe. So <laughs> you know, if you do that, if you, I mean, you better be careful. You know, they're also going to get a bunch of people saying, yeah, cringe, dude, I'm not like, you know, you don't want that. That face is horrifying. The less, the less people you could have in your chat doing this, the better. You, that's what you want. That's what you're going for there. All right. So don't. So, yeah, I think you get what I'm trying to say, though. 
<laughs> my next question. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is my second to last question for you, which yep. is, if you could go back and do everything over again, what would you change? Yeah, um, I, I touched a little bit about this earlier, talking about my schedule. Um, I, the biggest struggle, the biggest struggle I've had with streaming and maintaining my channel is work-life balance, and uh, I, th- it's so incredibly important to have balance. You guys, really, I mean, you need to don't cut off all your relationships. Don't quit your job if you. I mean, if you're able to, great. But you know what I'm trying to say is ease into it and make sure that you're maintaining that balance because you don't want to cut off all your relationships because when, when I first started instance, I would spend a lot of time, a lot of time streaming. I'd stream three hours a night and then I would raid somebody at the end of my streams and then I'd spend an hour in their channel because I wanted to network with them. And then when I got home from work the next day, two hours before my stream started, I would work on the next video that I wanted to post. And then on the weekends, I was, you know, considering streaming or if not streaming at the very least networking. And then what eventually happened with my wife and God bless my wife, because she is absolutely she is an absolute angel for for letting me do this, even in the first place, but definitely supporting me as well. But what happened when we first started is that my wife was like, hey, what the hell, dude? Like, you're not spending any time with me. You're on Twitch all the time. Like, when when do we get to do stuff together? And we would have fights about this. Believe me, my my wife and I would we would argue about this quite a bit. Um, when I first started, and, and our relationship was definitely tense for those few, you know, those first few months uh, that I started streaming. So, and I need the support of my wife, you know, or else I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be doing this at all, you know. And then when those things were happening, I felt like every time I go and stream, I knew that she was pissed at me for streaming because oh, he's just going to stream again, and he's not spending time with me again. So. You guys need to have that balance. If you have relationships, if you have friends, if you have a job and, and you know, you hang out with your family a lot, don't cut all those people out of your life just for the sake of making this work. Because if this doesn't work and you've cut off and burned all of your relationships to the ground, what are you left with? Probably not a whole lot. And you're going to be feeling pretty darn bad about it. I know. I, I don't know if you know the, the YouTube video I'm about to allude to here, but the YouTube video of the guy who spent three years on Twitch and he, you know, he he, he quit his job and he cut all this. You know, he, he had no friends anymore and his girlfriend left him and he's sitting here crying to himself in his bedroom because he invested his entire life into trying to make this work and it didn't work. And. It's okay if it doesn't work sometimes because if as long as you have something to fall back on, well, you got that to fall back on. Well, it didn't work out with Twitch, but hey, I still got a good job. I still got a great wife. I still have great friends and all that stuff. But if you really, really just put everything into it and cut every single thing out of your life and it fails, you are going to be left in a very, very bad spot. I promise you, you don't want to do that. So that was something that... I struggled with uh, when I first started. And, and that's definitely something I would go back and change is, is ease into it a little bit. Try not to not, you know, don't spend my, my schedule is, was, it, it's a little bit different now, but you know, seven to 10 Monday through Friday weekends are for my wife. That's it. Don't let it bleed. And don't let, don't let that bleed into other areas of your life because now you're starting to sacrifice your relationships with those people. And you need a support system to do this. You need a support system to do successful at this um you know if i didn't have the support of my wife i wouldn't be doing this right now 
I'm doing this for my wife, you know, because I I feel like I can do, I I feel like I could be really, really good at this. And I feel like that, you know, if this takes off and if it doesn't take off, that's all right. It's okay. If it doesn't take off, sometimes it doesn't happen, but I feel like I have the talent, the skill to get me there, but I wouldn't be doing this without the support of my wife. Work life, work life balance is absolutely so important and you need to make sure you maintain that balance. Um, because you don't want to fail at this and then have nothing left. And I think that's something that I would certainly go back and change if I had to do it all. Oh, I love that. That's so good and so important. Okay, let's transition over into our Q&A portion of the show now. If you all awesome. have any questions for Hyperion, while you're typing up your questions, I have my very last question for you. Okay. So. Y'all, y'all go for it. Do your dang thing. My last question for you, though, is what's your number one piece of advice for streamers who want to get partnered? Don't let partnered um, be the be all end all uh, for your stream. Um, you know, don't let partnered, don't let being partnered or not to do on stream. Um, because, you know, I, I, I've seen some pretty unfortunate examples of, of people that I know pretty well in within my directory of you know they were doing well and they were growing and they applied for partner and then they got denied and then like oh that's it i'm done i'm out of here you know i this isn't working for me anymore and excuse me when that happens it kind of makes me question what their motivations were to begin with i don't think your motivation on twitch should be to become a full-time streamer or become partnered or become affiliate i don't think that's what your motivation should be I think that you should focus on things like community and building relationships and providing value to people's lives, most importantly, right? So, you know, being partnered is not the be all end all. Listen, I got partnered at April. I ain't making ninja money right now. I ain't making, I ain't making nowhere near ninja. So, you know, if you, if you think that, if you think that getting a check mark means that you've made it, I got news for you guys. It doesn't mean much um, because you still you're just competing with a lot more streamers now that are really, really what they do. And if you really want to truly make it, you have to transcend those streamers as well. Um, So your motivation needs to be in the right place. You know, on the other end of that spectrum, you know, I've seen a lot of streamers apply for partner and get denied and they quit shortly after. And I've also seen a lot of streamers who are partnered who put very, very little effort into their streams. And it's a little bit, I don't want to say disappointing because I don't want to talk bad about anybody here, but I've seen it on both ends of the spectrum. You know, the, the check mark doesn't make the content. You make the content, whether you are affiliate or, or a partner or whatever. I know plenty, plenty of affiliates, a lot of which are in my directory, who, who, who have higher numbers, who have higher viewership numbers and higher sub numbers than I do. And they are a hell of an entertainer and they are so good at what they do. And I don't look, I don't, I don't think them any less. I I don't think, I don't think of them any less because they don't happen to have a check mark. So that would be how I view partnership is, is, it's just a stepping stone. You know, there are great benefits that come with being partnered. Absolutely. The, The check mark is super cool. You get tons of emotes and, you know, you get all this really cool stuff. Um, but number one, Twitch is rolling a lot of those same things out to affiliates anyways. And number two, those things mean absolutely nothing in, in, in relation to the content you create. The content you create, the value you add to people's lives are what is going to make your channel successful, not a check mark. 100% agree. 
everyone thinks like well not I shouldn't say everybody but most people think like you get the check mark and you've quote unquote made it yeah but there have been plenty of people who have who have gotten the check mark and just like you said maybe they they hit the goal and then they stop streaming shortly after because they feel like uh, maybe they're they're finished like they don't really have a plan for afterwards or they get burned out because all of this work was just dumped on their plates and they don't maintain their balance like yeah they uh, it, and it doesn't change the amount of money that you make. Like you don't all of a sudden start reaping a bunch of financial rewards and there's no secret. No. There's no like secret book that you're handed from Twitch where they're like, here you go. Oh, <laughs> all of the Twitch secrets, like the, the Zelda, you know, when you get an item and you like open a chest. Bah, 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 bah. Wait, 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 hold on. You just say Zelda right now? Yes, wait, of course Zelda? I did. Oh gosh, here you we go. Like- Oh, is that a, what is this? Like this right here? You have the sh- Like I got this. Are you serious? (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, It's, um, you know, I've seen a lot of, I don't know if you've seen this, (laughs) Ashley, but, you know, I, I, sometimes I see people who get, sometimes I see people get partnered and then after that, they're just like, they just kind of like phone it in afterwards. Like they're just kind of like complacent. Like it's like, they feel like, they feel like they've made it. But you haven't made it when you're partnered. I, a lot of people when I when I would watch when I wa- when I would watch uh, Twitch tip videos or, or you know from all these streamers on YouTube or whatever, um, they would say getting partnered is like the job interview, and I kind of feel like there's a lot of truth to, you know, it just means that you're good enough to get to where you are now. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do next? Now that you have the check mark, what are you going to do next? Um, and I think that's how partnership should be viewed as more of a stepping stone and not like an end game. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think it's easier though. It's probably easier when you have the check mark to be able to say that, but people who don't or True. people who are like newer to streaming, right. They probably see the check mark and they can't really see very far beyond that. And I would almost venture to say that like, if you can't see beyond your own check mark, that means that you're probably not ready for the check mark yet. Like you need, yeah, you need to, yeah, like you need to be able to see beyond in order to get it's like shoot for the moon cuz even if you miss you'll land among the stars, right? Like yep. if you want to hit a goal, aim for higher than that goal and you'll probably hit it. Yep. <laughs> you'll probably hit the original goal. Yeah, and I guarantee I guarantee if you are not thinking about what to do after you get the check mark, the other person is. And you're going to get left behind if they figure it out. So, you know, it, it's it's there's way more that you need to do um, besides get partnered on Twitch. Um, there are, I, I mean, there's a lot more partners now that there used to be. Part, and, and, and the requirements have definitely gone down as well. I wouldn't have been partnered, you know, three, four years ago on Twitch with my current viewership now. So, you know, it's, um, it's a stepping stone. It's, 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 it's cool. It's a great achievement. It's an excellent achievement. And I am not discounting the achievement at all. But you got to keep your eye on the prize. And adding value to people's lives, creating great content that people want to consume and wants to consume on a daily basis, that's what's going to propel you from being partnered to being a successful streamer. I don't think you're oh. automatically considered a successful streamer, at least by my terms, and I understand that a lot of people define success differently. I don't believe you are a successful streamer once you get a check mark. Um, you know, Completely again, agree. There are, there are affiliates with higher sub numbers and viewer accounts than me right now who do a hell of a job at what they do. And I don't think any less of them because they don't have a check. Absolutely. I like, 
I completely agree. Just because you get a check mark doesn't mean that that you're successful. It doesn't mean that a bunch of companies are going to start working with you. It doesn't mean you're going to have all these crazy opportunities. It doesn't mean that you're you're all of a sudden going to be somebody who all of these these people want to start investing in, right? Like right. what what makes that happen is the kind of content that you create, what you're doing for the community and how you're changing people's lives. Okay. There have been so many good questions that have come up. I need to I awesome. need to calm down about this freaking checkmark tirade <laughs> that we're going on right now. I I'll soapbox it. I can go I'm, on a rant, but I tell you what, I've seen your rant, and they are pretty damn good. So if you <laughs> want to go on a rant right now, you go on a rant. I mean, you do it. I will sit here, and I will watch and I and I will enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's actually get into people's questions. I always love ranting, and there's nothing I love more than yelling and getting on my soapbox and sometimes feeling like the Oprah of Twitch. <laughs> I love I, I love doing it too. It's but I really I really like this question from Animosity. Okay. Which was, did you ever lose confidence with streaming? If so, how did you overcome it and reassure yourself that you had the skills to make it? Uh, great question. Um, thank you, Animosity, for the question. Um, did I ever lose confidence in my stream? Lately, it's been a little bit shaky for me, for sure. Um, you know, when you go from 130 viewers average to 30 viewers the next month, it's tough, man. It's, it's, it's not fun to, to see that big dip in viewership. So, you know, there have been days lately where I myself and I, and I thank God for my wife, because if I didn't have somebody to talk about this, and, and honestly, I talked to really, really, a really, another good friend of mine on Twitch who, who happens to be watching this right now a lot about this too, is that, you know, there are, there are nights where I'm just like, you know what? what am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? Why, why are things going, you know, not that great right now? So yeah, definitely. Um, I, I definitely deal with, uh, in, especially as of late, I've been very, very lucky. You know, I, I think I've done a lot of right things on Twitch, but I'm not discounting the fact that I've also been extremely lucky. I have grown every single month, every single month, except for the first couple since June of last year, I've never had to deal with this loss in viewership before. So this is new for me. This is a new experience for me. And, I, and I'm trying to kind of find my way through it. How I'm dealing with it right now is that I just need a, a, a great friend of mine on Twitch who I love very, very, who happens to be watching this right now says, think of it this way. You know, you're starting over a little bit, but you're, but you're further along than where you were when you first started. And that's kind of how I'm viewing it right now. You know, another good friend that I that I talk with a lot on uh, about this subject on Twitch says he switched games three times and he grew uh, bigger than he was every single time. So I need to remind I, I remind myself that, you know, viewer loss, the ebb and flow of Twitch happens to everybody. It, it's not you know, it's not something that's just happening to me. This isn't a problem that's unique to my period's channel. But if I focus on continuing to deliver great value in people's lives and, and, I, can, and I keep focusing on delivering great content to people, um, we'll bounce back and we'll bounce back in a big way. And, and you know, it's kind of like the one step back, two steps forward approach that I'm trying to take now. But I will not lie to you. It's been tough some days. And, um, you know, but we're, 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 we're getting through it and we're still figuring we're still figuring out how we're going to get through it. But I know we'll get there. I, ju I just got to mm -hmm. stay the course and, and, and do what I do best. Um, and, and eventually we'll get through this. Yeah, I think you're making the right move where you're just doing your best to give as much value to people as you possibly can. There are people now who have like 
you know, five, six, seven hundred viewers who a year ago had 40 consistently. And there are people now who have like 40 consistent viewers who a year ago had six or seven hundred. Like this literally happens all the time. This is why getting the check mark or even having like a hundred people consistently watching you all the time in the grand scheme of things doesn't really mean that much because it, it might have come easily or maybe it came over the course of a few months. It can leave just as quickly as it came. Like yeah, you, absolutely. you can add, and this happens with everybody. There are people right now who are seeing some massive success who will not be where they are in a year. They might yeah. be even more successful, or they might go back down. But it's it happens to everybody. Like you all have probably seen this hundreds of maybe not hundreds hundreds of times, but you've probably seen this too, where you go into someone's channel and you're like, "What happened? Like what yeah, the heck?" Sure. Yeah, I've seen, I, I saw Ninja, you know, biggest streamer in the world, biggest, the, 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 the biggest video game figure in the entire world. And I saw him, you know, switching from Fortnite to League of Legends, and he went from 100,000 viewers to 40,000 viewers in League of Legends. Now, 40,000 viewers <laughs> is amazing, and I, we would all love those numbers, but if it could happen to the biggest streamer in the entire world, and if he's the if he's the pinnacle of streaming and it happens to him, it's going to happen to everybody. And, and I think looking at it that way is, is, a, is a good start to, to dealing with. Them. Absolutely. Or at, least, or at least accepting the situation for what it is and not beating yourself up too much over. Absolutely. So it's Pongo asked, should you focus on less saturated games regardless of skill or just play what you like regardless of saturation when it comes to growth? Well, I, I think I um, hit on this a little bit earlier, talking about my, my spectrum. It, def- it depends on what you value more. Um, if you value growth more and, not ne- and you're, you're completely open to what you are going to play, then focus on less saturated games because those are the games that are going to allow you to grow faster. Um, so I, I think I think I hit about on that question a little bit earlier. You did. Um, I, I, I do believe, and I... Again, I could be wrong about this. I'm, I'm, I don't pretend to, to, to think that I'm right 100% of the time. But I've, I am very, very convinced that streaming one game is going to be a faster path to growth than streaming variety. I mm-hmm. just feel like that's how it is. So if you really want to focus on growth, pick a, less, pick a, pick a non-saturated game and stick with that game and you will grow. I promise you'll grow. If you're doing the other things right, if you're delivering value, delivering great content, putting on a go. Um, but it comes down to what you value more in that situation. Again, you know, if if you want to play Fortnite and you just want to play Fortnite live and whoever comes in, comes in and, and that's it, go for it. I, I, I That's more power to you. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But you got to figure out what you value more um, before, you know, before you answer that question. And only you can figure that out. Absolutely. Kildaroy asked, how has the change from being a single game streamer to different games affected your approach to streaming, if at all? This is such a good question. I missed the end of that question. I'm sorry, Ashley. Could you repeat? Yeah, of course. How has the change from being a single game streamer to different games affected your approach to streaming, if at all? Um, I don't think it's really affected my approach to streaming, although that's a little bit of a lie. Um, it's affected my approach a little bit. So when I when I decided I didn't want to stream for honor full time anymore, I just switched cold turkey. 
Does that make sense? Cold turkey? Switch? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I think you know what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. I just it was it was a hard switch. It was like I'm not streaming for honor anymore. That's it. I'm streaming something else. And you know, I hope you guys come. And if not, no big deal. Um, that wasn't really working for me. I, I didn't feel like that was working for me. So. Um, as far as my approach to, to conducting myself on stream, no, I still do the same things I did when I was streaming for honor full time. But as far as my strategy, it's, it has changed a little. For instance, instead of hard switching from for honor to whatever the other game that, that it is that I want to play next and doing that new thing full time from now on, now I start my streams with for honor. And I start my because I still enjoy For Honor on occasion. I just don't enjoy it all the time. And I'll start with For Honor for like maybe an hour, hour and a half. And then halfway through the stream, I'll be like, all right, guys, it's time to play Destiny. You know, and, and then I'll say something like, you know, if you want to continue to support the channel, a great way to support is by lurking. And, and thank you so much for being here. If not, you know, make sure you follow on your way out. We'll be playing For Honor again on this day. Um, so as far as how I conduct myself on my streams, not really, but certainly my strategy, yes, has, has shifted a little bit because I think when you go from a single game, I think if you go from when you're going from one game to the next, it's a tough transition to make. Um, and I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to do it because this is all very, very new to me still. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. It does. I think, uh, hammer, cool. hammer up, <laughs> hammer asked, I don't know if this was covered earlier earlier but i know a lot of people that look at their viewer count and see when people enter their channel do you feel like people should look at the viewer count or people who enter their channel depends on uh it depends again it depends on i feel like this is kind of a cop-out because i'm saying this a lot but it depends on you if you can handle looking at uh, when i first started streaming I, I i had the viewer count up the whole time and and that was it you know because i am a very Person. I love looking at numbers. I love dissecting numbers and, and looking at statistics. So personally, um, although lately this has changed a little bit, personally looking at the viewer count doesn't really bother me that much. It all depends on you. If, if you can look at a low viewership number or, or a viewership number that's lower than what you would like and you're just like, hey, it is what it is, you know, but, you know, I just want to know where I stand. Do that. Um, if you're getting, if you find yourself getting discouraged about looking at the viewer count, then, you know, either cover it up or turn it off or whatever. But, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really bother me too much. And, and when I said lately, it's been bothering me a little bit. Yes. Lately, as it, it has definitely been bothering me a little bit. When I see when I go from 100 down to 30, the second I switch games, it's a hard it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Um, so it depends on the person. Um, if you are OK with that. No, no problem at all. If you find yourself suffering from that, if you find your stream suffering from that, you don't want that to negatively affect the show that you're putting on. You don't want that to negatively affect the value you are trying to deliver. So maybe consider turning, uh, maybe consider turning it off. But it's going to come down to the person at the end of the day um, and what you are most comfortable with. Yeah, I agree too. I think a lot of people automatically default to don't look at your viewer count no matter what. And I feel like that advice isn't necessarily the best advice for everybody. I think there are some people who cannot distance their sense of self-worth from the amount of people that are watching them. Like if your numbers are higher one day or they're lower one day, that's going to affect your own self-confidence too much and it's going to get in the way of you being able to have a confident cast and a, a good time on the show right 
So yeah. if it's going to affect you in that way, like just, yeah, leave it off. But if it doesn't, like I'm one of those people that's kind of in the, the outlying group where I watch the viewer count because to me, I'm able to see if what I'm doing is good or not. Currently, like right at that moment, I'm able to judge like the things that I'm talking about, what I'm saying, if that's resonating well, if it's not. But I also know that viewership naturally fl fluctuates by like 10, 15 percent or so. And having jumps whenever you're sitting at like 100 viewers of like 10 in each direction, you'll go down to 90 and you'll go up to 110 and that's normal. But if you see the big spikes upwards or big spikes downwards, that's whenever you know, okay, I need to, I need to take a mental note of what I'm talking about right now or what's happening right now. And I know that this is something that isn't going to work moving forward in the future, but yeah, not everybody I, I, is able to do that. You know? Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt there. I'm sorry. Oh no, you're good. Um, I, I just wanted to make two really quick points here. Somebody in the chat said, you know, I went from 130. Somebody was, I, it sounds like they were quoting their own experience where, you know, I went from 130 to 30. Am I doing right? Can't look at it that way. You know, mm -hmm. um, you, you know, you might be doing everything right. Um, you know, it, it, it just because you switch from one thing to another and a lot of people decide to leave, there could be a variety of factors uh, affecting that. So, um, and, you know, I love instant feedback. I think one of the beautiful things about Twitch is that you get instant real-time feedback from everybody watching and viewer count is reflective of that. So if you see your viewers are going up and up and up and up and up, holy crap, I must be doing something right here. Let's keep this going. Let's keep those momentum going, you know? And again, if you're seeing, like you said, if you're seeing like a sharp dip in viewers, maybe you are doing something wrong. But I, I'm a really I'm a large proponent, a huge proponent of figuring out where you are to figure out where you want to go and how you are going to get there. And I think things like viewer stats or subscriber stats or chat messages or all these metrics that Twitch are providing for us are valuable in doing that. Absolutely. Born Iridium asked, have you ever taken a serious break, at least over a week? If so, how was your content when you came back? Did you enjoy it more? Did you lose some viewership? Um, I take, I don't, what I would consider a large break is probably like two weeks. Um, I have taken a week off before um, because, and I will be taking off uh, in a few weeks here to go on vacation with my wife. So I have done it before um, and it's not anything related to you know being exhausted or anything like that although it's tired and i definitely need a vacation but you know i i think that um if you if what you're getting at is time away is important and and maybe and it sounds like maybe you're in that situation where you feel like you want to take a couple weeks off i don't think there's anything wrong with that and i don't think that you should be afraid of that either and it kind of sounds like that's where you're leading with that question so I apologize if I'm way off in this analysis here, but I guess what I'm trying to say is I've taken a week off here and there for vacation with my wife or weekend. You know, I take every weekend off since uh, as far as the way my content is when I come back. I mean, the content I'm giving is the same and the viewers might be initially down. But, you know, uh, there's really, really something cool about being away for a week or weeks and then everybody's like hey hype what's up dude i missed you man what have you been up to how was this that or the other you know that's really really cool too so um it doesn't happen often for me I, I try to take at least one week off if not two weeks off a year and then i have every weekend but i i feel like because i have every weekend off that's enough time away for me you know if i do have a bad week to kind of you know settle down and 
you know, figure out what's going on and, 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 and recompose myself. Um, so that's one of the things I talked about earlier with your schedule. Don't, but don't bite off more than you can chew because if you do that, you're going to find yourself in a position where you're like, man, I need a couple weeks off from this. Like, this is just really, really tough. So I don't think there's anything wrong with taking time off if you need to do it because if you keep pushing yourself when you're exhausted, your stream is going to suffer. And if your stream suffers, less people are going to watch and then it's going to make you feel worse. And then less people are and, and it keeps, you know, it, there's a lot of snowball with this industry there's a lot of snowballing with either one way or the other with uh with streaming yeah absolutely digital valor asked as a success strategist working with individuals and groups in irl it was a lot easier being face to face and picking up on body language it's been hard transitioning this to on stream where i'm conversing to chat in a camera how do i get better at this what was the very last sentence there i I, you cut out it was, how do I get better at this? How do you get better at kind of like reading people in your chat? Yeah. Um, I think that's what the question is. It's tough. It's really, really tough. Um, I, I don't I don't know, honestly. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I don't think you can. I, I think one of the things about the internet and, and text, because that's how chat is communicating with you through text, Things get lost in translation a lot. Tell me if you tell me if this has ever happened to anybody in the chat or you before. You've said something that you felt like was kind of like a sarcastic tongue-in-cheek comment, and then somebody took it seriously and got pissed at you for saying that. That's the internet. <laughs> so, you know, you're you're prone to. So, I don't know if you can get better at that. I, I think. You know the general mood of your chat and kind of getting a gauge at the general mood of how your chat is and, and the flow of of how the messages are feeling at that moment maybe you can kind of take a look at that and say well if a bunch of people are making really sarcastic funny comments to me and then this person jumps in with a sarcastic funny person therefore i should take that as a sarcastic funny comment maybe you can do something like that but it's going to be really really tough because different people are, di- are feeling different things and when there's a lot of people in your chat you know it could go sideways real real quickly if if you if you know people are saying one thing and it was taken wrong or whatever so i i think maybe i would caution you to take things more at face value because i think in this day and age a lot of people understand that it's very tough to uh, it's very tough a lot of times to have the person receive the message that you are sending the way you intended them to receive it. Maybe take an approach at taking things at face value. That's kind of what I've done. Um, but when I see the mood of my chat, like every, like a lot of people like give time in my chat, you know, if people comes in come, if, and if somebody comes in and says, Hey, hype, you suck at the game or whatever. Like, yeah, like I understand they're just, they're just, you know, busting my chops a little bit and that's fine. But you know, it, it's, it's tough sometimes though. You know, I've definitely missed, I've definitely had a comment. I've, and I've taken it one way and it was it was intended to be taken another. So I don't know if I don't know if you can really I don't know if you can really perfect that. Yeah. I don't know. What I think do you it's think, I think it's like two I think it's like two different things, right? So one piece of advice that I have is that it kind of comes with time, like being able to understand uh, yeah. what people are saying and like what is a joke and what's kind of like common for people to joke about in this space versus what isn't. And what you can tell is is definitely someone being rude. Um, 
I think that kind of comes with time and it comes with your own boundaries and it comes with like, what are you comfortable with and what, what personality are you putting out into the world? Cause if you're putting a really like sarcastic personality out there, well, you're going to get more sarcasm back to you and you can't assume that because someone's being sarcastic in your chat that they're just being freaking rude while well, you're, you're putting that sarcasm out there. So I think that's part of it is just it's going to come with time and with you just being more in this space, which is that's an annoying answer because it's it takes forever and it's not a solution for you right now. Uh, I think my my solution for you right now answer is just assume positive intent as much as you can, like assume that people are uh, what they say they are. Just like you said, take it at face value, like assume that that people are who they say they are, assume that their jokes are positive, assume that they are uh, good people and you'll you'll see more good and you'll attract good into your life because you have that assumption. But I think if you assume that everyone's out to get you, I think someone in chat earlier said like, assume everyone's just butt kissers and they're just out to get your no your phone number and everyone's just trying to suck up to you and that's what Twitch is. That's not what Twitch is. Like if you think that's what Twitch is, that is what you are going to get. But if you assume that Twitch is like, and you just let Twitch be this positive space with amazing people and there's a beautiful culture and there's all of these different amazing individuals that you get to surround yourself with and you get to love and will love you back that's what it's going to be for you so your reality is literally dictated by your mindset here whatever you think twitch is is what you will see is what you will get yes okay. absolutely 100 uh, people in my chat will know when i talk about the pie um, yeah. <laughs> I, I put everybody in the world in in a pie okay there's there's a pie in the world of all the people and it makes up the, the positive people and the sarcastic people and the toxic people, right? Everybody fits into this pie in some way. So how you conduct yourself on your stream, you are going to attract the people like, like how you conduct yourself on stream. Therefore, if you are toxic, your chat's going to be toxic. If you're positive and motivational. Your chat's going to be reflective of that. If you know, and et cetera, et cetera. So you know, that's that's what I mean when I when I talk about the pie. I love the pie. I love talking about pie. When do I get to eat pie? <laughs> but, <laughs> I was waiting I mean. for it. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like it, it's it, you, you are your community is reflective of you. So if you are really sarcastic and funny, your your chat's going to be like that, too. And, you know, you can be successful, whatever you do. But, yeah, um, I, I think that's a that's a great point that you hit on, uh, Ash, for sure. Let's, before we get into our next question, what's your favorite kind of pie? And this question is for, for you too, everyone watching. What's your favorite kind of pie? My favorite type of pie is a lemon meringue. I Ooh. love lemon meringue pie. I, my, my mom used to make lemon meringue pie. I got to call her tonight. <laughs> maybe tomorrow. Uh, but she used to make lemon meringue pie for me all the time, and I, I, I couldn't get enough. And it was it's so good. I also like like chocolate cream pie. Anything chocolate, oh, God, chocolate's awesome. Chocolate Somebody pie is chocolate amazing. Is the best though, yeah. Like chocolate pie is really good. Pumpkin pie is really good. Every pie is good pie. <laughs> Nailed. I love pecan pie. Really oh my god, I was gonna say pecan pie. That is my uh, ish. There was also I had a in the Bahamas. I had key lime pie that was literally on Food Network considered to be the number one key lime pie in the world, and I had it. Pie. Oh, it was so good. It wasn't like lime green. 
which was different. That was unique. It was like, I thought Key Lime Pie is supposed to be green, but it's not. <laughs> it's supposed to be, like, white. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I, I the only pie I'm not a huge fan of is, like, fruit pie, because I feel like it's, like, too rich and, like, heavy. And Wait, what pie? Like that. Cherry pie. Oh, yeah. Not a, not a huge fan of cherry pie. Um... Somebody said, oh, wait, somebody said your, their favorite pie is cheesecake. You can we get a ban on that person in the chat. <laughs> Why? You cheesecake don't like cheesecake? Oh, is Cheese, it? I loved, no, I love cheesecake, but it's not pie. It's cheesecake. Is cheesecake cake a cake or a pie, though? Is it? Cake is literally in the name. It should but be called cheese pie, then. But isn't, isn't a cake like, a cake is whenever it's, it's like breading for the whole thing, right? But cheesecake has like a base, just like pie does. Oh my god, uh, what is it? Oh my god, know. this is a terrible conversation. This Somebody is like one of those this. this is one of those we Twitch a- conversations that will just go down forever. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Zero to partnership and it's head sorry about cheesecake and pie. <laughs> oh we've gotten got off it. track. Yeah, let's get let's get back to what we were what our value <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, is. I'm okay. <laughs> I, I'm happy to talk about pie the rest of the night. I, I'm fine with it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Peace Tab said, question for Hyperion. What sort of advice does your significant other give you when you're feeling down? Um, she, it was, a, it was actually a lot of work to get my wife to understand what I do at first. Um, but you know, she, she tells me a lot of times, you know, things are just, things will, things will change. Just keep at it, you know, keep, keep working at what you're doing. And, you know, she, like a lot, like actually recently she, she gave me, she really, really enlightened me uh, when I was talking about viewers going down at the beginning of fall. She's like, well, you know, a lot of people going back to school. A lot of people are busy with homework, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, she, she, and this is, this is generally what she does when I'm kind of like freaking out about stuff. I'm very, very, I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm very, very energetic and I'm very bombastic and I'm, but I'm very emotional too. So my highs are really, really high. My lows are really, really low. She always tries to kind of like bring me back to the center, you know, and, and, and explain to me, hey, you know, yeah, viewers are down right now, but, you know, a lot of people are at school. Oh, really? Wow. I didn't even think of that. Thanks. Now, you know, there could be a lot of other reasons, too, that uh, as far as why viewers are down. But she really does a great job of bringing me kind of like back to my center. Like if I go far off, if I go too far off one way or the other. I've, I've honestly, and I have no problem admitting this. I've, I've ended streams sometimes, and I've been, and I've teared up when I go into the bedroom when my wife's there watching TV because it just didn't go well, you know. And she, it's, it's she brings, she kind of brings me back, and you know, she, she makes sure she, you know, she, she does her best to explain to me that, you know, it's not, it, it's just, you know, just keep doing what you're doing, and you know, you're going to have ups and downs, and oh, I just hit my, sorry, and. You know, ebb and flow is normal, and and this is just this is how everything goes, and you just got to kind of accept it. And and if you can't control it, another thing she she says to me is, if you can't control it, don't worry about it. Worry about the things that you can control. Um, I think before we we started this podcast here, you were talking about things you can control, Ashney, about things that you can control uh, about growing. Like, yeah, you can raid somebody at the end of your stream every night. That's a really great way of networking with somebody. That's an example of something that you can control. But if you can't control it, why are you worrying about it? You know, and, and that's a lot of times how she kind of like snaps me out of this tirade I'm in or what, um, and brings me back to kind of like my sensor and, and it balances me out. Oh, I love that. That's so sweet. 
Uh, Hammer asked, what's your opinion on showing faces on stream? Do you feel like showing your face would increase the amount of traffic? Showing your face, increasing the amount of traffic, like increasing the amount of view. Mm -hmm. I don't, is, is that how you took that question? Yeah, actually? increasing okay, the amount right. of traffic in your stream, I assume. Do you think that it improves people actually coming into your stream? I think I, I will say that I prefer streams with a face cam because I think when you are going for when you are going for an engaging and interactive experience for whoever is watching and you're trying to value to somebody's life who is watching, I think it's easier to do that when somebody can actually see you because I think it's it, we're as humans, um, and I'll get a little philosophical just for a second, but bear with me. Um, as humans, we're always afraid of the unknown. We're always, we're kind of like afraid of what we can't see. Like, you know, like in a scary movie where that's like a really tense moment and you don't see, you, you know, it's like really dark or something like that. And you don't expect what's going to happen next. It kind of like puts you a little bit at, at you know, it puts you a little bit uneasy, makes you a little bit, you know, a little bit defensive if even. So I think, um, I think that's, you know, it's easier to connect with something that you can see. Um, and that's why I kind of prefer face cam. And I think a face cam allows you to do a lot of other things with stream as well. For example, I make a lot of funny faces and I have, and I have really, really obvious body language. And these are things that my viewers can pick up on to kind of like break that wall, right? To kind of like almost bring them in and kind of make them feel like they're sitting right next to me and watching this stuff happen. Um, you know, my, my wife makes an, an appearance on stream on occasion. Um, you know, my dog Milo will run around and kind of like, you know, jump into the chair behind me and everybody's like, oh, hey, Milo, what's up? Like, hey, man, you know, so it's, I feel like a face cam can add a lot of things. That said, if the, if the crux of the question is stream with or without a face cam and which one is better and why or why not, I think you could do it either way. I think if you stream without a face cam, you just have to, you know, you know, like a, a good, a really, really good friend of mine who's an excellent streamer, streamed without a face cam for a long time, and I felt like he was an excellent streamer because he was, you know, he had a he had a pleasant voice to listen to. He made a lot of jokes. He laughed a lot. He's got an infectious personality, and he was able to convey that through stream without a face cam. But for me personally, I would feel awkward without having a face cam just because, you know, I talk with my hands a lot. I make a lot of facial expressions, body language, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I do think generally the viewer wants to see the person streaming. I just think it makes it easier for them to connect with somebody if they can actually see what they look like, right? Like it, it kind of kind of puts a face to the voice, so to speak. Yeah, there's a, a science behind this too, which actually is is commonly applied to social media, which is that if you have like a an image or some kind, not an image, I guess some kind of graphic, like maybe somebody made some fan art of you and you use that face as your social media profile picture, that it actually is really, really bad for growing trust with people that are meeting you for the first time. So they're not able to get a sense of who you are. If you really want to grow trust, which is what you're trying to do, if you're trying to quote unquote, become an influencer, uh, you want people to trust you you're like you're digging for trust all the time okay and 
people need to be able to see the whites of your eyes. Like that's there've been studies about this, and that's really what's come down as like the best way to uh, inspire that or incite, I guess that that trust with people. Um, yeah. But also that applies for cameras on Twitch as well. Uh, I think that we connect a lot more w- with people whenever we can see facial expressions, and it allows us to connect p- to people in a different way and way deeper versus not having a camera. But that being said, you don't have to have a camera to be successful. There are plenty of people who don't use one and are doing a great job. You just have to acknowledge that you are going to be at a disadvantage versus literally every streamer that has a camera. I think so. Yeah. Now, again, that said, it's not impossible. Right. You know, like, like somebody, somebody mentioned a lot of people mentioned my, like, so like people say somebody in this, in the chat just said, just made a comment about my eyes. Like bear with me here for a second. I'm, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, although I do have beautiful <laughs> eyes. I feel like, but you know, it's like, I look into the camera and that's just, that's something that viewers comment on, you know? So I did, so they're talking in my chat about my eyes and I don't even have to say anything. You know, all I had to do was look into the camera and now they felt like they could talk about something. I feel like that's what a camera can do is that, you know, if something happens, you don't even have to say anything. Like if I, you know, if, if I, if something stupid happens to me in for honor and I sit here and I kind of like, you know, and, and people are like, yeah, people pick up on that. They, that resonates with them. But I think at the end of the day, it comes down to, like you said, it's, it's easier to trust someone or something that you can see. And I think as humans, we're just naturally built to fear the unknown. Mm-hmm. And if, if you think about like your favorite radio show, all you young kids out there, I'm 30 years old. If you guys listen to radio still, but if you, if you think about your favorite radio show, uh, radio show, have you ever thought about, you know, what does this person look like in real life? Boy, I, I've been listen, I listen to this person every, every day on my, on my way home. I wonder what they look like. And have you ever like gone and Googled them and and try to see what they look like right so you naturally want to see you know what the person looks like i feel like for most people at least for me maybe i'm crazy help me out here ashney (laughs) (laughs) no you're completely right i i think about that too and i'm sure there are people who are listening to this in the podcast version and haven't come into the streams yet and they're like what what does this girl look like? What does Hyperion look like? You know, yeah. that's that's kind of a thought that you always have whenever you're you're thinking about someone, whenever you have a you don't have a physical representation of their face. Okay. Game Commander asked, as a new streamer, one thing that I struggle with is deciding whether or not to interact with viewers who don't announce that they've entered. Should you let the viewer make the first move or greet everyone that comes in when you're still small enough to do so? I assume this question means that uh, Game Commander's been watching their viewer Viewer list list. yeah, Yeah. of all the people who have come in. So should you call someone out if they haven't said anything in your chat? No, I don't think so. Um, Number one... I don't think you should be watching your viewer list <laughs> because <Agree. laughs> it's it. your viewers don't update in real time. It takes it, it takes a little bit of time for your viewer list and your viewers to update. It's not like the second somebody comes into my chat, they're going to show up. On list. So if you decide to acknowledge that person, they could be gone. And that could be a little bit awkward if they don't respond because they're gone. So I would not recommend watching your viewer list just as a general statement. I think there are things that you could spend your time better uh, focusing on uh, rather than just watching your viewer list. That said, um, you know, it's it's always kind of like the question of should I call out lurkers and all that stuff? And I feel like that's the wrong, I feel like that's along the same lines. No, no, I don't think so. Um, you are I, I, I took an approach of. 
I always stream like a thousand people are watching, you know, and whoever wants to come in and say hi, they're free to. And those who just want to lurk, you know, it would be a little bit awkward if I go into your channel and you look at your viewer list and you're like, hey, Hyperion, how's it? And I'm like, huh? How does he know I'm here? How does he or she know I'm here? I didn't say anything creepy a little bit. It's a little bit off-putting, especially for lurkers. I think the majority of people on Twitch lurk, and I think they lurk for a reason. Um, some people, and this is kind of how I was when I first created my Twitch account, to be honest, is that I would lurk a lot. I had an account, but I would lurk, and I wouldn't say anything, because honestly, I was a little bit afraid. I didn't fully understand um, how Twitch worked back then, and I'm still learning how it works now. It's, it's a never-ending learning process for me. So, you know, some people are a little bit uneasy about kind of diving into a situation where it's like, you know, think of it like, think of it like if you go into a shopping mall, right? And there's like, and there's like hundreds of people around, right? And the guy on the loudspeaker in the shopping mall is like, hey, John at the shopping mall, how's it going? And then like everybody stares and wonders and is like, look, I kind of feel like that's a little bit what calling out lurkers is like because there's a bunch of people around and now you're kind of like putting the spotlight on them a little bit and it might make them a little bit uneasy. So number one, don't look at your viewer list. Uh, number two, let lurkers lurk because, you know, lurkers are going to be a huge, huge part of your success. Believe me, oh, believe yeah. me, lurkers are so important. Um, the people who just have you up on in the background to what to support your stream and boost your viewer numbers, that's so paramount. Um, and it's just a little bit awkward to call somebody out if they haven't made the, I think you should let the, the viewer make the move for sure. Absolutely. Let lurkers lurk. The end. Lurkers gone lurk. Lurkers gone lurk. They're, they're, they're important because they're just as important as everybody else. They're still a person. They regardless. still count as a viewer. Yeah, yeah. Regardless if they can, if they can talk, if they can sub, if they can tip, if people can spend five hours in your channel or five minutes in your channel, they should all feel equally important. They should all feel like they're part of the family. They should all feel like they are allowed to uh, hang out with everyone and you're welcoming and inclusive of all of those different kinds of people. Because if you aren't, and you call out your lurkers and you force them to talk and you ask them questions, they're going to feel uncomfortable or they're going to feel put on the spot and they're not going to keep coming back. They're going to leave. Yep. They'll go yep. to somebody yep. who appreciates their lurkers, who will let those people do their thing and go off and live their own lives. Ultimately, everybody that's hanging out and, and watching this stream, every stream, all viewers have their own lives too. They've got their own stuff that they're doing and we all need to appreciate that and acknowledge no it and accept it. Say No to Rage actually hit on this a few weeks ago um, where he talked about, you know, because he runs kind of like his stream is a lot like a podcast. And he, you know, has a lot of people that are workers, he calls them. And mm -hmm. he was he was when that first started happening to them, he was trying to actually get them to talk more and, and bring them out of lurking so they could be more active in chat. And then he said he eventually realized that that's just how people want to listen and there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm going to let them lurk. And, and I understand that a lot of people have me up on the up on in the background and are listening to me because it's kind of like a podcast format, how he how he runs his live streams. And that's OK. But a lurker counts as a viewer just the same as somebody who, who sends 100 messages in chat. Um, they're both extremely, extremely valuable extremely invaluable and you talked about this a couple of days ago on your stream ashney about making people feel safe and i think that's a really really great point because you know if you want to lurk 
you know, you don't want to be put into a you you want to be in a situation comfortable, right, where you feel safe. So if I'm forcing you to be in a situation which you would prefer not to be, what's going to happen? You're probably either going to be resistant to that or and end up leaving and finding somebody who will respect that, so to speak. Absolutely. So let's see, what was the next one? Uh, Baxter asked, any advice for going from two to four hours every other day to three to six every day? I want to stream full time this winter when my work is over for the season. Three to four hours every day to, to three to six hours every day. Is that what he said? It's Ashley? two to four hours every day two to four to or every other day to three to six every day. That's a that's a big change. That's, that's huge. Two to four every other day. So that's two hours, four days a week to what? Uh, three hours, seven days a three, week. Three to, pretty, three to six. Three to six. Could so you imagine three hours, six hours every single day? Oh, six hours. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big change. Um, again, I, I hit, I hit about this. Um, and I know Baxter uh, quite well, and I, and I know Baxter um, runs his, his own business and, and stuff like that, too. And, and the reason why he's saying he wants to stream more is because his business is a little bit slower in the winter. I, I, I believe that's what he's what he's yeah. getting at. Um, so, I mean, if you have the time, sure, why not? But again, you know, I would caution you about taking taking on too much at once. Um because I don't want you to run into a situation where you burn yourself out really, really quickly. I don't think it's a good idea to keep switching your schedule back and forth. And I'm, I've actually been guilty about this a little bit lately where, you know, I was, I, you know, I used to stream Monday through Friday, three hours a day. And then I started streaming Sunday through Friday. And now I'm streaming Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And it's like, I'm switching my schedule. That's not good. You know, I don't want to do that. So I feel like that's one of the big things about easing into it is that you don't you're not going to put yourself into a situation where if you're streaming on these days and not at these times and you decide that you can't handle it for whatever reason. And then you drop a day. If somebody shows up on that day, they're like, how are you, dude? I thought you were streaming today. You don't want that experience for you. So, um, you know, I would say ease into it. Um, if you have the time on your hands, why not? But you know, make sure that you're not biting off more than you can chew um, because you, 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 you don't want to alienate the people that were watching you at a certain time. And then, uh oh, I can't stream on that day anymore. And, and you could potentially lose those viewers. Um, yeah. That's how I. And I think there's something to be said for the scarcity mentality as well. Like, as a mindset, scarcity is not good, but we have to admit that, like, scarcity is used in sales, it's used in uh, a lot, it's used in marketing, it's used in a lot of, of different industries because it's an incredible motivator. And the way that it's used on Twitch is, this is something new within the past few months, I just uh, realized myself, and that is that people will be really rabid about coming into a stream that's not there that often. So like we only stream Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and we take the weekends off and Mondays and Tuesdays off. That's four days in a row where this stream isn't live. So those Wednesday streams where we come back for our three streams in a row Lit are AF. crazy. Like Lit AF, they're so 
fun because we haven't seen each other in four days. And then like Thursday's a little less, Friday's a little less. They've been getting more and more steady as time goes on. And like, of course, we're in a good growth period right now. But it, it, it just means that there's something to be said for scarcity. I think people are less incentivized to show up to a stream that is live six or seven days a week, especially if that stream doesn't already have an established viewership. I think if you're trying to grow viewership, it's probably better to use scarcity as a, a growth uh, strategy versus just being live all the time because there are so many successful channels and so many other streamers that are live all the time. That used to be a great strategy, but the current like meta of Twitch, I don't think it, it works as well as using scarcity scarcity for your own benefit uh, i think yeah i think that's a great point because it's like i it was when the the person asked earlier about taking a couple weeks off for instance you know like i i used to follow a a pretty big streamer uh, on twitch i won't i won't mention them by name out of respect for them but you know it, it it people would joke around like like dr disrespect for instance i mean he wasn't the one i was thinking about but now i'm thinking about him Right. Remember when the whole thing came out and he had and he took a break for for like a month from streaming or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he came back and he broke the Twitch viewership record. That's exactly what you're talking about. That's exactly what you're talking about with relating relating to scarcity. You know, and people and then and then people were joking uh, like bigger streamers in, in the space were joking a little bit about it, like saying, you know, it's the it's the leaving meta or whatever, the leave and come back meta of Twitch. But, you know, there is a there is something to be said about that with with regards to scarcity. You know, if you're gone for days and, and people kind of you give people time to miss you. Right. Um, like if I think about like dating advice that I would receive, like in high school and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that, like, you know, there would be like this, you know, in middle school, or whatever, like, oh, I really like this girl, but I talk to her all the time. And I remember my best friend at the time would tell me, give her time to miss you. Right. Yeah. Give your viewers time to miss you. And then they'll, and then they'll, you know what I mean? It's like, that's kind of the same thing. So uh, yeah, I, I think that, and, and if anything else, you need a couple days to, re- to unwind. You just need a couple days to unwind. You need a day, at least two days in the week, I would say, to kind of just relax, turn your brain off a little bit, you know, just enjoy video games or, and just recharge your batteries, right? Um, so yeah. Yeah, but the scarcity thing, huge. I mean, yeah, when Tyler won, when when LOL Tyler won, um, he's a huge League of Legends player. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, Ashney, but he yeah. was banned from League of Legends for like, what, a year or something like that? And then he streamed League of Legends for the first time, and then all of a sudden the dude's got like 300,000 viewers in his channel or whatever. Now, he doesn't average that much now, but when you're gone for a long time and then you come back, it's pretty hopping more often than not. And if you give people a chance to to experience that, I think that's better than really just grinding it out and, and wearing yourself down. I, I just I just don't like that approach of streaming the time. Like you need some time to get away from it. Yeah, I agree. So we have two more questions that we are gonna get into here. Our second to last one is from McCoffee who said, is there a way to know if you're doing the right things for growth and you just need to be patient versus you're fooling yourself into thinking your content is good? Such um, a good question. It's a, yeah, that's an excellent question. Although, you know, don't, don't think you're, you know, fooling yourself, right? I mean, you know, it's, think of it, you know, don't think of it as, you know, uh, you know, I must, you know, I was just fooling myself into thinking I'm a good streamer you know you have to be confident in yourself first of all you know believe in your content if you believe in your content like i believed in my content again my own personal example i averaged two viewers in june eight 
eight viewers to nine viewers. Sometimes I hit 10 viewers from July to October. Now, could I have been successful if I stream, if I switched games? I don't think I would be now because I wouldn't have made that jump from 10 to four to, to 18 to 34 to next month and all that stuff. Right. So I guess it depends on what, I guess it depends on how long you're willing to give it. I think for most people it's six to 12 months, I feel like is a great range but it all depends on how long you are willing to give it. Some people, some people want to make a switch after three to four months. I personally would give it longer than that, but that's me. You can run your channel however you want. I don't know if that's the best thing for you. Only you can know that. Some people say, well, you know, maybe give it a year. For me, that's probably on the little bit of the high end there. So I, I think that it's a tough question to answer because... It, it, the the time frame is going to be different for everybody. As far as you know, uh, fooling yourself into thinking your uh, uh, your content is good or whatever, you know, watch your vods. Get some feedback from people you trust. By the way, too, people who are going to be honest and objective with you. By the way, and that's really really important. Listen, if I if I if I show somebody if I show a friend of mine, my best friend of mine, or I, you know, my wife, my stream, and my stream sucks. And they tell me your stream's the best stream I've ever watched. That's not doing you any favors, you know. So get some feedback from some people you trust and figure out, you know, if they think your content is good, other people are going to think your content is good as well. Um, and you can also get a little bit of that by watching your VODs. I watch myself a lot to the point where my wife always asks me, are you watching yourself again? But, you know, I love myself, number one. <laughs> But, you know, number two, I want to decide if I am watching myself. I want to I want to decide, is this content that I would watch? Is this content that I would enjoy? Am I am I bored by watching myself? And, and you can take that route as well. If maybe you're that if you're a little bit hesitant to show others your, your content. But, you know, if you're streaming first, uh, if you're streaming, others are going to see your content anyways. So I think a great way to get some feedback is is have some people you trust take a look at your VODs or take a look at your stream and give you some feedback. And then as long as it's honest and objective, you don't want people to sugarcoat because that's going to hurt you more than somebody telling you the cold, hard truth. Um, and then if somebody tells you the cold, hard truth, you can make an adjustment. Um, so those are a couple things that I would in, in, in relation to that. Yeah, I think that's good. I also think there's like a, a little two-step process that you can do here. One is learn slash know the stuff that we've talked about today, which is that uh, viewership numbers are naturally going to fluctuate like 10 to 15 percent. They're going to fluctuate up and down the entire cast, and that's normal. Uh, keep yep. an eye out for like those large spikes. Also know that certain times a year for streaming is better than others. So just like yep. you've been experiencing recently with like everyone going back to school and kind of having like lower viewership, that's normal for everyone. It's, it's not natural uh, to be like on this massive growth trend right now um and i think like having that kind of experience with twitch is you can definitely like skip ahead and in, in line by listening to content like this and learning those things and kind of learning the trends with twitch and then i think the next part is just looking at your own numbers in a long form a long, a long format, I guess. So not looking at them stream by stream, but looking at them month by month like you did Hyperion and yeah. 
and kind of seeing like, is there growth that's happening or is there not? Is there a reason that growth didn't happen this month that's outside of my control? Or is the stuff that's inside of my control not great and all of the other, you know, situations and all the other trends on Twitch would contribute to my growth right now if I was fixing and and having everything on point that I had inside of my own control, right? So it's kind of that two-step process of like knowing what is normal and then knowing what is is not normal and then seeing where you're you're at right now, which is kind of like a, I guess, obvious answer is like, look at your numbers and make sure that you're growing. (laughs) But if you're not seeing growth for like a really long, I think even like in the beginning, you saw, you saw a decent amount of growth. You saw from two viewers, like one month or maybe a couple months. And then you saw like eight viewers consistently. And then you saw, you know, 15 or something. I don't know what the actual numbers were, but you saw that consistent growth. And so I think like looking at the growth each month, if it's happening, if it's not, if you're going like, like you know a few months where it's not growing at all then maybe see where what your opportunities are for improvement and use those people use those resources you've got in your life use ashney because she will tell you okay (laughs) use ashney she is an excellent excellent resource for sure one of the best out there honestly uh okay our second to last question was from Pipey G who asked what do you do about people in your chat or regulars shouting out lurkers in your stream it kind of gets awkward at times and puts me in the situation I have to tell them or I have to kind of tell them off for doing it as I don't do that myself um, again you know I, I think that it's weird that other people can watch your views by the way like even people in your yeah. chat did you know that by the way that's, that's kind of weird I feel like they should change that because that would stop that because they wouldn't know who's viewing your stream um but since this is what we have this is the site we were given this is this is the site we have um as far as you know chat and and regular shouting out lurkers um i don't know what can you do because i feel like i feel like in that situation you don't want them to publicly you know you don't want to publicly like you know tell them to to stop doing that because i think that might i think that might exacerbate the problem maybe or like create drama and then everybody in the chat's all of a sudden like oh dude like you you're gonna get banned or all that stuff um so it's kind of a weird situation i've never run into that personally super um, weird yeah i i don't know who would want to go through a viewership a viewer list and just call out people maybe if they really want to it, it sounds like maybe they're coming from a good place and 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 wanting to help you out so, you know, by, by keeping the conversation going and, and, and stuff like that. So it sounds like in that situation, that's what that type of person would be thinking. So because of that, maybe you can, you know, DM them after the stream and just be like, hey, you know, I, I, I appreciate you wanting to 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 be welcoming in, in the chat and all that stuff. But, you know, could I would prefer if you don't call out lurkers, something like that. You can put it however, however you want. That's an interesting situation, though. I, I can't say that I've ever really dealt with that. Um, have you? No, I've never even heard of that. But honestly, if I if I had that happening, I would have no shame just, 
you know, kindly correcting people even while live. Because I think, like, you have to set those boundaries in your stream and in your, your space. Like, you're the captain of That's the true. ship, right? So yeah, you should you should have no issues with telling people or, like, writing the ship whenever it's headed the wrong direction. You should tell people the, the kind of behavior that you expect. But I would still be nice about it and just, at the same time, assume positive intent, assume that they just don't know, and tell them, like, Hey, I I appreciate that you all are trying to get everybody involved in the conversation, but if you could please be respectful of lurkers, I'd really really like that because lurkers, you know, and just give them the reason. I think if you if you give the because, right? If you attach the because to the the rule, then that makes it a lot more powerful and a lot more likely that people will understand the reason for the rule, and then when they know the reason, they're more likely to actually obey it and to see you as a level-headed person and not someone who's just getting emotional about you or about them calling out lurkers. So uh, thank you so much for trying to get everybody involved in the channel. I really appreciate it. But if you could please not call out the lurkers, we really want to respect our lurkers because they're just as important as us, but they're living their own separate lives and they're going out and doing their own thing. And maybe they're, maybe they're working right now, or maybe they've got, you know, kids on the lap right now. Maybe they're doing dishes right now. Maybe they're doing something else. So if we could please respect their space and their time and their privacy, that would be great. I think that's a great way of putting it. At, at first, maybe I thought that that would be a little bit like create drama, but mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, if you put it that way, yeah, for, I mean, definitely. I, I think that that's a really, I mean, I, I couldn't have said it perfect. I couldn't have said it better myself, honestly. I, I think that that's a better answer that I, than, than I gave <laughs> um, for sure, a hundred percent. So yeah, I mean, you, you, you want people to feel welcome stream and you want yeah. people to feel welcome in your community and, and reiterating that and, and setting the boundaries, like you said, and being the captain of, of, of your ship. Um, yeah. You know, you, you should be able to say stuff. I don't think, I don't think there's, there's anything wrong with that at all. I think that's a great answer. Yeah. And you weren't wrong either. I think it absolutely can create drama. Like the Maybe way it that depends on the approach then. Exactly. You know. It's, it's, if anything happens in the stream, any like any, you know, a troll comes in or two people get into a fight and you have to be the yeah. person that steps in because that is your responsibility. The way yep. that you handle it can create drama or it can create respect for you and the space. So you have to you have to word things appropriately. You have to be a good communicator and you can't just say like, stop calling out lurkers, idiots. What are you doing? <laughs> like, Stop it, moron. Yeah, man. it'll probably cause drama like that. But if you're just I mean, it's yeah. it's you, Pipey. I know you like you're very nice. You're very uh, you're very like honest and kind to everybody. I, I don't think you could come across like a bully if you tried. <laughs> I think if you just tell them, hey, you know, just in your your natural pipey way, don't call out lurkers. They'll listen to natural you and they'll, they'll respect you. <laughs> I could call my regulars morons and have them enjoy it. Oh yeah. Oh man, my regulars would fire right back. And they do. They do. It's fun. We we have we we have fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well... Great questions. Yeah, this has been amazing. This was a, like, a really long episode. Very good questions. A very long-winded. Yeah. I apologize. Oh, no, I love it. I love it so much because I, I'm, I'm I glad. am too. So. Yeah. Uh, where can everyone go and find you, Hyperion? Sure. I am live uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern time at twitch.tv slash Hyperion. I mostly play For Honor, and I also play Destiny 2. I've been known to play WoW on occasion as well. Um, you can also find me at Hyperion Twitch on Twitter and Hyperion on YouTube. And um, 
all of the links to my Discord server, YouTube, Twitter, all of that stuff is my channel and my panels. So uh, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, by the way, I, I really, really enjoyed this. And you guys are absolutely awesome. And this community is freaking top notch. Um, one of the best communities I've ever seen, to, to be honest, on Twitch. So I, I hope that I have the chance to, to come back again soon. All right. I hope you all enjoyed that episode. You can reach Hyperion at Hyperion Twitch on Twitter if you have questions. Make sure that you subscribe to the show on your podcast player if you haven't already. And if you could leave us a comment, it actually helps people find the show a lot. And that would be super helpful. We would love you forever. Thank you so, 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 so much for listening. And we will see you next week.